three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. I got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome everybody, it's Friday, August 12th, this is the Mike Rutherford Show. 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, you know it better, SD Big X. Happy Friday to you, hope your weekend's off and running already. If it's not, thanks for spending some time with us while you wrap up your work week or your school week or whatever. I know the kids are back to school, maybe some, I don't know, fourth graders are listening at the very end of their social studies class. Who knows? Uh, Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for spending your Friday afternoon with us. We're here until 6 o'clock today, full show per usual. Trevor Kelsey is with me. We want to hear from you at some point between now and uh, 6 o'clock. Text us on the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. We love Thorntons. We love Kelly Leonardo. We love Alex Cupper. We love everything about Thorntons. It's your best stop for breakfast food, coffee, whatever pick-me-up you need. You know, and it's not just breakfast food. They've got food all day long. Trevor, we haven't talked about the pepperoni pretzel in a long enough time. You love that. It's been a while since I've had one, actually. It's time to change that. By the way, I, stopped, I, I was driving last night, and I saw Thornton. I went by Thornton's. Gas, three fifty nine. It feels good. I was like, plus, good to plus, I get, plus I get my discount. I was like, I'm at half the tank. I think I can fill up. This is why you're a Refreshing Rewards member. This is why. The other reason why, you can win ten grand Just by being a Refreshing Rewards member who's involved in the Summer Cash Bash and to be involved in the Summer Cash Bash, just open that app up, click the Summer Cash Bash icon, and boom, you're enrolled. Thornton's giving away ten grand every week, all summer long, and at the end of the summer, they're giving away a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, could not be more easier to get enrolled. Just text REWARDS, all one word, to 80313, and you are locked in. Uh, we've got lots to get to today. First and foremost, I feel like absolute crap today. I don't know what's going on. This could be a... This could be a they're all Trevor-healthy episodes, heavy episodes. This may be even more Trevor-heavy than usual. I'm on Mars today. My brain is just not working. I've, you know, weird stuff going on. Uh, like an hour ago, I was like, I'm not sure if I'm able to make it in. So if I don't make any sense today, you can blame it on the illness. You don't need to blame it on me. It's not my fault. It's, you know, the world's What's fault. What's my excuse for when I make zero sense? Well, that's why I need you to step up a little bit today. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like the other day when I couldn't remember, um, oh, God, now I'm forgetting his name again, Lynn Bowden. I was like, you got to step up. With, you got to at least help me out with Lynn Bowden there. And you were like, I got no idea. I'm like, damn it. This is where the, this is where the, defense, uh, this, the, think... the memory loss is not helping us. I think my defense was you threw me off when you said Steelers. Like, I'm, my mind. Because that was Benny Snell. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and then and when you said Steelers, then I couldn't get past linebackers because I think they've had like Zadarius Smith has been there at one point. Um, 
Uh, who's the other linebacker they had? That was there's another one. Now we can't remember his name either. Who cares? Uh, well, let's be nice now because if we can't remember them, then people are going to think we think they're a basketball school and the football staff's going to attack. Well, us. we got that to get to today. So we, we can't we we got to be a little nicer to them. You know, we got to walk on eggshells with the, with Big Blue Nation's football program. We've got to, we got more of that to get to today. More fallout from that. Um, I've got officially tie on Evans fever. If you've been listening to the show for any period of time, you've, you've had, known this. You've had it for a while. But yeah. It's it's being ratcheted up to another level because I don't think I'm the only one now who has Ty and Evans fever. I think after yesterday, after hearing some of the comments, I think Scott Satterfield's got Ty and Evans fever, which means pretty soon we all may have Ty and Evans fever. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Could this be why the doctors can't figure out what's wrong with you? It's Ty and Evans fever. fever. It's Ty and fever. I haven't been right since Ty and Evans committed from a uh, transfer from Tennessee. It's going to start trending on Twitter and people are just going to attack something. <laughs> I won't be cured until Ty and Evans wins the Heisman. It's the only thing that's going to save this, this show and my health. Don't give me a tie on vaccination, vaccination shot. I don't want it. I'm anti-tie on vax. <laughs> Get that poison out of my body. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about Ty and Evans a little bit. We're going to talk about there, – there is more fallout from the U.K., uh, schism, which now is officially a schism. I would have guessed, and I don't want to get like, what is a schism? I've never. It's like a split. Oh, okay. I don't want to get into this like this discussion thoroughly. So that's that's my forewarning. Like, don't go on a five month like minute rant when I ask you this. But I would have thought this time yesterday. Well, I guess we talked about it more at five o'clock hour because we didn't start the show till four thirty. But when we were talking about this at the end of yesterday's show, if I had asked you twenty four hours from now. Do you think this thing will have settled down? Do you think we'll have John Calipari coming out and doing a, hey, guys, let's see, um, I, I misspoke, blah, blah, blah. Mark Stoops being like, I, we love every team. I would have thought that 24 hours later, we would have like a cooling of the fires. We would have like somebody would have got, pulled out the fire extinguisher and put this flame out. There still would be some fallout. You still know that behind the scenes, Mark Stoops would be pr- pretty pissed. But I would have guessed there would have been like public statements kind of trying to, to calm these fires. There have not been. And we're going to get to that. Would, do, would you have guessed that yesterday when we were talking about it? Yeah, within 24 hours, I think there would have been some kind of statement, whether it was believable or not, or genuine right, or not. Right, exactly. But there would have been An something attempt. from the, I guess, the, the basketball side of, of things. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say we've heard enough from the football side, at least. Yes. At least, I, I think, you know, I haven't. As a Louisville fan, I've enjoyed every second of it. In fact, I hope they're still pissed off. Can we get Vito Tisdale on an Instagram post right now? I mean, that's all I'm asking for. Put him, somebody put a microphone in front of his can face. We get this guy, can we get this guy on a, on a live Facebook live stream or something? Somebody give him a cell phone I mean, right seriously, now. Seriously, that's all, that's all I'm asking for. So we've uh, got to, we have more of that to talk about because I did listen to a little bit of the, the KRC boys on the way in I here. I did too as well. And I, I love how they started off with the Bahamas too. I'm like, you know what people want to hear. It's not <laughs> Davion Collins going for 75 dunks against bellhops. It, come on, I guys. I forgot they played last night again. I I just saw the. I, I remember the, they, I knew they Wednesday and I watched Wednesday. I watched like the second half of Wednesday's game, but then I I completely forgot they were playing two games. I think it was actually from Roush on Twitter. I saw the I remember because I saw the video of him that he put out there of the team that they were playing warming up. And it looked they had no players taller than six four, I think, and they looked like I don't know fifty five year old men who had been spending the, you know, the 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 prior nine hours like painting or doing something, doing whatever their full time job is, and now they're like, ah, I guess we got to play these guys in basketball in a meaningless game. I mean, that's why I don't get why the football team and the basketball team aren't getting along. They have so much in common. They both are scared to play tough out of conference. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so like the KRC guys, they started off with that conversation. I'm like, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Like thirty <laughs> minutes, and I'm like, all right, here's what I want to hear. It was seconds. I'd, I'd listen to. It. I listened to their 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 opening their segment about their first segment about it in the first hour. So uh, we can talk a little bit about yeah. that kind of the, the split reaction there, which I think is kind of indicative of the entire UK fan base. Uh, we've got uh, other ins and outs news to get to. Also, second hour. Did you watch Louisville ECU two thousand one? Completely forgot. Did you really? Yeah, I did. 
I see. I did I, you did you watch it? Yes, I like busted my ass today watching it because I thought that you like, well, would here, remember after the, last week. You reminded me yesterday after the show. I know. Here's the thing: what sucks is it was like four thirty in the morning, and I was like, "Oh crap, I forgot to watch that game." You were the one who reminded me. Like I, I no. didn't. I meant to bring it up on yesterday's show, but we had so much to get to in only an hour and a half because the bats ran long. That like I, I just completely blanked to be like, "Hey." Tomorrow, second I, hour, second hour, we're doing the whole I rewinder even, segment. I didn't even watch Louisville ECU, and you after the show are like, "Gotta watch the game tonight." I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're right." So I started it last night. I didn't watch much of it, and then I watched the rest of it today. And like, I, I like legitimately like watched the last five minutes at like 2:45, like right before I left the house. Well, see, and also the fact that I didn't hear anything from you last night, like, like, hey, look, I watched it. That probably helped me forget. I didn't about think I it. needed to. You reminded me like six hours before. How long have we known each other? Ah, but but I was so <laughs> I was so like a lot can happen in six hours, Mike. <laughs> I was so pleasantly surprised last week because I fully came in here I expecting know. you to have not watched it, and you did. So I just assumed you know you've been talking about this all week. Like I don't want to watch it before Thursday. I want to keep doing this. It was so fun last week, and instead you watched like seventy five episodes of Game of Thrones. Well, no, <laughs> if I watched seventy five episodes, I'd still be watching. I think you would have <laughs> you attempted to watch seventy five episodes I'd, of Game of Thrones. I'd still be home. Uh, well, because I, I got home, I went I went and hung out over a friend's house for a little bit, and I didn't realize that I lost track of time. And uh, it's funny because he was telling me the um, he he worked a private party on Wednesday night for the uh, the Harlow and his homies. Oh, your friend did? Yeah, he worked part of the day. He said they were there until almost four thirty in the morning. I've seen videos from that night. Yeah, he was the. He, I wonder if he was the guy who was dancing. There was a worker there who was doing like an Irish jig at like four in the morning. Don't think that was him. Actually, no. could have been. He's got right. He is. Looks Irish, but I don't think he was. That was him. Whoever it was put on a show. <laughs> no, this is this guy that we, he was. He was working at the like the bar, serving or whatever for him. And uh, it's good because I brought up the guy with the tattoo, and he was like the Avatar guy. I'm like, am I the only one that doesn't know this tattoo? I, I think you are. Oh, this is the first time I think in almost what'll be a year uh, next week that you've done the, any segment of the show without a hat on. It's not because I did it like a month ago, and you said the exact same thing. Which why is, do you, you always say this? You were thrown off. Because, I want. I, want I remember proof vivid, of these moments. I remember vividly. I was like sweating. I was having like a little episode during the show, and I had to take my hat off. And you're like, this is by the way, I, I, I can't focus. This is like the first time since we've been doing I, the show in like ten months. <laughs> That you haven't worn a hat. Now I can't stop. And you're like, you couldn't think. But now I'm doing it again. And, I, and I knew you were going to have the same reaction. But I, I'm like, you know what? My head hurts. i got to take the hat off. It's how, how tight is your hat? It's just, it's how big, gigantic does my head swell when I feel terrible. Yeah, uh, I mean, my, the head, issue. If my head swell. I'd be in trouble because my head's already big enough. It's, we both have large domes. We do. I mean, I think we've talked about what the size hats we wear. We're probably like an eight, seven, and five eighths type thing. Uh, I'm not that big, but I'm seven and five eighths. But you're also just large. Like you, you, your head fits your body because you're six three and you're larger than I am anyway. Plus, I'm the guy that like I, I have to get it slightly a little loose when I first get it because I will sweat. Yeah. You know, that's what big guys do, and it's it, it makes the hat shrink. It does. And so it's like it's like my shirt, you know. Um, what the hell were we talking about before you took your hat off and maybe the ECU game? You're not watching it. Can we talk? What was after? Oh no, because I wanted to avoid that topic because I, I'm embarrassed by it. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, Game of Thrones. So I got so I got home last night. My buddies told me about this story. I got home and, and I didn't realize by the time I got home it was like one thirty in the morning. And, and that's when I you don't like, go to sleep till like five a.m. anyway. But then I started. But I was like, I want to, I, I want to finish Game of Thrones season five again. Oh my god, because I'm, I'm into it again. Man. I'm, get, I'm getting into this because there's one thing I was spoiler. Watching. It ends poorly. Well, season five is very down note. I mean, as much as any season. But I was watching. I mean. As I'm, as I'm watching like all the, uh, the, the 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 High Sparrow stuff going on again, and I'm thinking, you say what you want about Joffrey, but when he was king, he would never let this crap get away. You're not wrong. He he, I mean that we he would have nipped that in the bud from right away. High Sparrow would have been de-winged very quickly. Yes, dead. And plus, I think I've heard this before, but it, it was reminding me last night as I was watching it. 
When you take away the honeymoon rape, the Sansa wedding's pretty beautiful. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> that's not a comment that need to be made. It's, it's, it's in the snow. It looks really cool. I mean, you know, aside from everything else, it's a pretty cool night. I mean, I thought of that, Mrs. Lincoln. <laughs> outside, How's outside, the play? It's <laughs> a very good point. Texture says, uh, I like wait, that. Did Michelle Branch get arrested last night? No, but I think Ann Hesch died. I knew she was going to. I saw I, that. How did, how did I miss the fact she got in a car wreck to begin with? Well, because o- over the weekend, and I love how we're starting into this, Like over the weekend, it was downplayed so much. Like She got into a fiery wreck. She crashed into this house. And I, I think her... This. It wasn't like big news because her agent was like, she's she's in stable condition. She's doing fine. They were trying to downplay it because it was, she was like all smashed up. Like She was driving, apparently, very, very impaired. Okay. But she's had substance abuse issues throughout her, her life. And I think... The story only really went mainstream on Monday when they were like, Monday, Tuesday, when they were like, by the way, she's not stable. She's in a very, very bad spot. That's and then nice. the d- more details came out and like how fast she was going and you know how she was pretty messed up. And now, yeah, I don't know if she is dead, but I saw that she's like, they're going to pull the plug. Uh, yeah, I'm saying it's the, 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 the I'm looking one out of my couple hours ago, so it's still not expected to survive. Can you name an Ann Hesh movie? Uh, Psycho, the remake with oh, Vince yeah. Vaughn. The, the only one that comes to my mind is Six Days, Seven Nights with Harrison Ford. Now, what's the Michelle Branch? I saw that she had some... That's the girl who sang the... Uh, Make uh, them way downtown. No, that's, uh, that's Vanessa Carlton. Michelle Branch was... The, if I, I a, just no, breathe... I thought Michelle Branch was... Uh, I'm a bitch. No, I'm no, a no, lover. No, no, no. I'm a... No, no, no. That's no, not her? Okay. No, no. Uh, who, who did sing that? <laughs> Why should be none of these songs were named? Michelle Branch did breathe. I know that for a fact. I can see if you I breathe. Just, Meredith, I Meredith Brooks did the bitch song. Oh, okay. Which I can say because it's the name of the song. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, that, we can say it thanks to the great lawsuit of 1978 with the Hall and Oates Rich Girl versus the government FCC. Yeah, which we've also played with. Yeah, we've established. But Michelle Brand, all I saw was the dude from the Black Keys cheated on her. And then I guess okay. apparently he called the cops on her because she slapped him and then he got arrested. She got arrested. And what was her one hit wonder or one hit song? She had more than, than I just remember the Breeze song. I liked it. But she, I think she's probably had more Did famous songs. Breeze than that. or Breeze? Breathe. I always thought that I just was. Oh, I'm breathe. thinking of Faith Evans' version. Doesn't she have a one? She of, had the song called "And Cause You're Everywhere." To oh me. yeah, that's in the uh, yeah. She had "You Set Me Free." Uh, she had "Good Goodbye at, to You." Apple American Pie Two. That's that song from. What I always has to go back to a movie because it's in the montage. Um, that's how I remember. If, you, if you've done a, if you've had your song used in the movie montage, that's how you remember. I will know it from somewhere. Goodbye to you. Goodbye to everything that I knew. That was Michelle Branch. Oh, let's leave it. Keep it that way. Uh, she's also saying. Um, I'll go back to everything for me. Sing that one for me. Cause you're red. She, oh, she did the song with Santana. It's all a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That was it her. It started with a kiss. Now we're up to bat. That was Michelle Branch. Michelle Branch is a lot more popular, more famous than I knew she was. Well, now she's in jail, apparently. Well, <laughs> well which is why we're talking about it. <laughs> don't don't sing those songs in jail. If this is all that happens, if this is if it, be in the, the, the shower, little bit of this. If this is all that happens, and again, <laughs> light on details here, as per usual on the Mike Rutherford show. But if the what, what I'm seeing just by a basic Twitter search is true, that she caught her dude cheating on him, on her, slapped him. And then got arrested. I'm Team Michelle Branch here. What? Well, just, just, yeah. That's a slap. She's got arrested for a slap. Yeah. 
she got cheated on by a serial cheater, apparently. She found out, slapped him, and he called the cops on her, and she got arrested for domestic assault. First of all, dude, come on, man. You can't take, you can't take a simple slap? Yeah, I mean, if I, if I get caught screwing around, which I never would, but if it ever... Like, You'd it, never get caught or never cheat? I'd never cheat. <laughs> okay, just making sure. But if I did something along those lines and got caught and got slapped, I'd be like, okay, deserved, you know? Yeah. I'm not calling the cops. Like, that's just... Yeah, that's, I mean, this yeah. dude from the Black Keys is just kind of a douche. Is it the Patrick drummer? Carney? Is it the drummer or the guitar? Or the or the other guy? He looks just based on the picture. The drummer's the one, the nerdy one with the glasses. That's the nerdy one with the glasses. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know either of their names. I just know the one has the glasses and it's kind of nerdy. Unless I'm giving evidence to the contrary, I'm Team Branch here. I'm still just kind of amazed that Branch was like they were dating. I had no idea. I think they were married. Oh wow! Yeah, Even more shocked. They were married. Yeah. So there you go. Who did you under with? Anybody famous? Who knows? Who cares? I'm curious. She probably cares. And actually, is officially dead, by the way, according to the text oh. line. That's a terrible way to say no. that. But horrible hour one, man. <laughs> I just saw the text. I just I read it, and then right away I was like, I could have, I could have just skipped over that one. I feel like I'm not to blame for this first segment. You're you're not. It's it, I. <laughs> a little bit I prefaced it. I gave the. <laughs> I gave the warning that I'm in a weird place mentally today. I'm on Mars a little bit, and uh, this, welcome, again, this welcome, is the result. First of all, welcome to my world. I, yeah, I know, but we can't have two of us. It only works when there's only one of us in that situation. The now blind, we've got both. The blind leading the blind, right? Yeah, it really is. Michelle Branch was also in the Wreckers, according to the text line. She's in the Wreckers? Yeah. I don't know what the Wreckers were. Texas, if the husband slapped the wife, would you say the same thing? No, because it's not the same thing. I, I, how does this have to be explained? Like, men are physically larger than women. It's not the same thing for a man to hit a woman as it is for a woman to hit a man. No. I'm, 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 I'm glad, though, that he didn't get arrested for being slapped. You do, we'll see that if you get the police call for domestic violence and she like beats the crap out of the guy, they'll still arrest the guy sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've had it happen to a buddy of mine. I'm with you there. Yeah. And also, like, I think there's a difference between, I'll, I'll say this, like, slap, I'm fine with. Close fist punch, eh, a little bit less. I'm, I'm not that okay. If, I, if it's from the between the neck and the, and the waist, though. If, if she's punching him, like a punch, a close fist to the face, prob- no good. Just a close fist punch to the the chest or the shoulder. That's fine. Yeah, she, I mean Michelle Branch is tiny. Like how how soft are you? you get slapped by Michelle Branch or calling the cops? I don't know. Tell, ask Joey. Just walk that. away. Joey had to deal with that in Friends. Remember? The little girl. No, that's that right. That was Punky Brewster. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, that's right. I completely forgot. <laughs> Texture says she was supposedly released quickly because she's still breastfeeding her six month old baby. While she was punching him. Man, this is, this is this, every story that we bring up today just gets more sad. The more details that come in. Now we got a six month old involved. I don't, I don't. Texas, get Mike Stone. Can't do that anymore. Everything, everything nice is just taken away from me last few months. Texas, maybe it's just me, but I get Michelle Branch and Vanessa Carlton confused all the time. It's everybody. But, but see, I've got it mixed up with the I just uh, Meredith did. Brooks girls, so I mean. I, but Michelle Branch and Vanessa Carlton. Like Meredith Brooks, though, too. Those they all kind of look alike. I don't know about that. Aren't they all kind of mousy brunette girls? Carlton and, and Michelle Branch certainly looked a little bit alike. But the big issue for them was they were virtual unknowns who came out at the same time with songs that sounded pretty similar at first. When they first came out, and that's why they got kept. The only reason confused. I knew they weren't the same is because I remember I knew I'd heard the name Michelle Branch despite not naming a song until you. Nah, I mean, obviously I know them, but I could name one. The making my way downtown girl. I I just I knew I didn't know her name. And she had well, she really didn't do much after that. Yeah, I just know the uh, the video that you know where she's playing the piano and I love my, when I played that video here on the played the song on the show and I used that video and the first comment is, "Hey, honey, going to go to the store? Going to take the piano truck or something like that." Uh, down, down the street. 
So, but I, but I didn't remember her name. This is why I, I, I'm kind of positive that wasn't Michelle Branch. Yeah. If it was, I'd been like, oh yeah, she did that one song. Texas, how about people don't hit, slap, or touch each other because they're angry and can't handle their emotions? Obviously, that's the best policy. That's the uh, that's the official Mike Rutherford stance. I'm just saying, if you do something horrible to a tiny female and she slaps you as a result, obviously not great. Michelle Branch better serve walking away, especially if you have a small child involved. But to call the cops in that situation, I wonder, did he call it to someone else? Apparently, he called the cops and had her arrested for domestic violence. Have you ever been slapped? Yes. Yeah. I, I, didn't call the cops. I didn't either. I don't really remember what it was for. Probably deserved it. Oh, I, I, well, I don't remember what it was for. Yeah, I'm sure I did too. I had a big fight, and I got she hit me a few times. <laughs> <laughs> she probably wasn't much bigger than Michelle Branch, though, so it, did, it didn't hurt. Texas, okay, back to the ECU game. Was it watched, and could Dwayne White take a hippo? Uh, one of us watched it. It was me. It was not Trevor. You're going to break it down, and I'm just going to ask you questions about it. Yeah, I'm because gonna... this is the one we, we mentioned last week. Like We both had oh, far no. less memories of this game. So you've got you can't even like dive in with your own memories because you don't remember anything about this. You've got no zero frame of reference for this discussion that's going to happen in the second hour. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, what, you you do the rest of the show. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go watch it on a quick replay version. <sighs> There's I'll no. Be, I'll be back in the five o'clock hour. We need one of those like five minute game recap things, but no. <laughs> you will you will know that um, you'll be happy to know. No commercials in this one though. So you didn't miss anything oh, there. Oh, that does that actually okay. You would have been disappointed last night if you'd fired it up, getting excited for the commercials. It's still like two hours and twenty minutes. But it's yeah, I would have commercial commercials because because five commercials was fun or six commercials, but going back five more years, I, I I love seeing like you know what's the popular movie, what's going on right now. I mean, it's, we're talking twenty that's twenty one years ago. I know. I, I kind of was excited for that too. It's, it's so there weird. are some some doses of nostalgia there that make you do a double take. Which we, again, I'll talk about in the second hour. You won't because you'll just be informed. I was like to me like when I start like trying to like to, to grasp how long ago something was because. Like I still do remember '01 very well, is is despite how drunk I was at 21 year old, 21 year of age at the time. But like the thing that's 21, I always think to myself was like that's like in 19, you know, in 2000 when I was 20. That's like saying something going back to 1971. Yeah, I know. You, I, mean, it's just I play when those I, when I do that math and I do that game kind of like that. I play those games myself all the time, and you can't because it freaks you out. Like yeah. I think. You know, 21 years ago, I think about. I mean, I was a junior in high school watching that game, which again, like you. I get that it's a different life for me. Like things were very, very different, but it doesn't seem in my mind like it was all that long no. ago. And then you think about it, you're like someone who was born right then hasn't even been alive 21 years. Like my lifespan at that time was was like almost the same as like somebody who's was born at that time. I mean, it's I don't just, know if her intern was alive when this game happened. Jenna, I mean, it was she was born in 01. So yeah, so I mean, I'm assuming she's. I think she said she was born. I want to say like October of 2001. She? So she would have been just like a tiny little one month old baby. <laughs> Little one-month-old Jenna just rooting on Dave Ragone. Come on, Dave. She just she loved Dave. Who doesn't love Dave? <laughs> Who doesn't? Texas What's says, sad is I have the championship shirt for him this game, but I didn't really watch the game. <laughs> Texas Patrick Carney is six three. Michelle Branch is five six. Patrick Carney sounds like a pathetic spineless D-bag. Who'd have thought that this? I mean, she had to jump to slap him in the face. The rivalries this week. We got Calgill v, v Trinity. We got Stoops versus Calipari. Now we got Branch versus Carney. It's just they're all blowing up. Versus Carney. That's that dark context. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> the three is this the biggest rivalry uh, of the week? Texture says, is this a publicity stunt to promote her upcoming album? I'd hope not. I, I mean, you know, Michelle Branch. I, again, she's been relevant for a long time. Not so much like the last five how years. Would, how would being arrested for slapping your your husband promote it? Like, is she going like gangster rap or something? Or just like, hey, I'm she's still trying, alive, making music. She's trying to go hardcore. So she's coming out. 
<laughs> coming out of Folsom Prison for slapping her husband. By the way, Texter, Texter sent a, a screenshot of what I believe would be their Spotify. Props to you for the having the song Narco playing. That's the Edwin Diaz walkout song. Speaking of, we have to talk about last night's game, I guess. Uh, you know what I did instead of watching some of that game? You went to your friend's house. Well, yeah, but he, and we didn't have the game on. We were watching Field of Dreams on USA. <laughs> so instead of watching the game at Field of you Dreams, you watched the actual movie. I watched Dreams. Field of Dreams. <laughs> Texas, I get how they get confused because Michelle Branch is everywhere to me, and when I close my eyes, it's her I see. Well done. <laughs> Texas, can't TK just throw it on in the background right now and watch it how he watches most TV? It's a fair point. You can do the show while you watch the game. No, because you can't. <laughs> You can do some things well at once, but like when you're doing like Cardinal Insider and stuff, and you're trying to actually pay attention to the other thing. Like I need to be, the show needs to be priority one here. If it's priority two, then we get like you're you're not paying any attention whatsoever. Like the the game can be on in the background, but it can be like you're glancing up every now and then. That's what I need to happen here if you're going to do this, but you're already doing it. Coming at you from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, Greenville, North Carolina. It, rowdy ass environment. I'll say that. No. Yeah, you're not missing much. No, I have not. I miss those old jerseys from 2001. So basic, so regular. Just, just do, do, do. does what exactly all they need to do. I, I agree. I'm not wrong with you. Text says, uh, <laughs> text says you made fun of KRC for wasting the first 30 minutes. Yet here we are. Well, we're not Kentucky fans dealing with the biggest feud between the two biggest powers. Like I, trust me, I would have loved to have led with Stoops versus Calipari because it's fun, but. I don't know how many people are tuning in to, for us to hear that. We did a little bit yesterday, but KRC, like every UK show has to know, like I'm tuning in today because I want to hear what you have to say about this thing. I mean, we talked about it as soon as it happened yesterday. We did. By the way, also the one thing I did yesterday after the show is I went to the OBW 1200th episode. Oh, you did? Yeah. Stop by there. Yeah. I got, I got how was it? I got there a little bit late. I was about 30 minutes into the show when I got there, unfortunately. Did you see Al? Uh, yes. He, I, well, he came out to the ring and... Actually challenged Shane and the dude. Oh, did he? Apparently they're in a feud, yeah. Another feud involving a UK personality. Uh, Shane and the dude helped his uh, his guy he managed to cheat to win. And he held on to his title. And he started, he would cut a promo making fun of Al Snow. Old. Uh, you're not, you're living, you're trying to live your glory days, but you're in your, you know, your, your, your past days are best. Yada, Classic. Yada, yada, yeah. Uh, and then uh, he came out and uh, I forget some of those. First person somebody came out and called, kept calling Shane and the, uh, the douche. Okay, and, uh, like that. Yeah, that's in, and it made fun of him and said, you know, I can beat both your guys up, yada. And Al Snow came out and said, on Saturday the 27th, which is their next one of their big next week Saturday My show, birthday. It is. I heard that rumor. It's also my uh, fantasy draft day. More importantly. More importantly. Uh, they will be in a tag team match against Shannon's guys, and if Al Snow and his partner win, Al Snow gets Shannon and the dude for five minutes in the ring. Ooh. Which cannot I'm going to guess that's what's going to happen. Which cannot be good for Shannon the dude, I'm sure. I mean, he will try to run as much as he can, but you can run, but you cannot hide. Cannot hide, Shannon. Uh, but it was nice, yeah. Uh, Tony uh, Tony Gunn against James Storms for the title. Uh, they cut a, an angle at the top of the hour where um, Mr. Spectacular came out and hit, broke a bottle of, of over to, uh, Tony Gunn's head leaving him all lacerated and disoriented for the match. So that played into the, the finish. Nice. It was a fun, really good crowd. The best part about it might have been these two guys behind me who clearly are related to the it's still real to me guy. Mm. Like, this poor guy behind me. It's like I tried to keep a straight face. I did. But, I mean, some of the things he was yelling. Oh, my God. Oh, he's, Jay, spit in his face. Spit in his face. Jay, spit it. 
And then James in the spot where he spits the beer in his face. He goes, I told him to do it. He took my advice. <laughs> I'm like, James. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the ref takes a bump. He's like, I think he's hurt. I don't. He's got to get up. Can we get somebody out here? This guy's hurt. I'm like, oh, no. I swear, I'm like, this kid's probably like 13, 14 years old. I'm just like. Uh, that's but I was imagining a grown man, so that makes no, me feel a little bit better. No, his dad, on the other hand, who I, I'm assuming he was his dad or older brother, probably was in his late mid twenties, late thirty, early thirties. So I was like, yeah, he wasn't much better though. I'm hoping early thirties. <laughs> it's a thirteen year old boy. I don't know. <laughs> mid twenties would be. We got twelve year olds having kids out here. I mean, my my buddy in high school was like fifteen when his first kid was born. Well, it happens. Yeah, I'll take a break. He's like twenty three now, <laughs> which makes me feel even older. Let's take a break. We'll move away from Michelle Branch drama. Oh. Um, I do want to get to. There's a big media news this week or today, I should say, outside of just the Fred Calgill stuff, which I thought Eric Crawford wrote a really good thing. If you're interested in, in more Calgill v Trinity madness, you can read it on WZRB.com. But I want to get to the media thing from today, and then we'll move on to Tyon Evans stuff. And then how about hour number two? I mean. I guess we won't talk for a full hour about the game since you didn't watch it. We'll talk about that for like half uh, hello, hour. I'm watching it now. East Carolina's coming up a 28-6 victory over Cincinnati. Well, or, no, they're not. They almost blew that game. That was a halftime score. See, this, I just saw. this is the problem with you not watching the actual game. Uh, so we'll do that in the second hour, and then we'll get into the UK stuff a little bit later. Uh, again, if you have thoughts, 502-414-1450. That's the way to fire them off on the Thornton text line. We'll take a break. We'll come back. It's the Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. Say what's right when all I wanna do is wrong. Get up. 23 positions in a one night stand. Get up. I'll only call you after you just say I can. Get up. Ready for it? And so Sally can wait. She knows it's too late as we're walking on by. So slides away. But don't look back in anger. I heard you say. I don't know why my favorite part of that. I, I don't know if, I ever, if I've ever even seen the video. I, just, like, I like the song. It's like leaning forward, like a line of ladies, a line of sisters, just back, you know, just like flipping her. I'm sick I had a buddy, was still buddies, but like when we were back in high school slash early college, if we were having like a house party or something and he would get drunk, he always wanted to put Oasis on. And if anybody protested, he would get so just sulky. Like he would just like sit on the couch by himself and just be like... I just want to hear Oasis, man. And like we're like we're not playing. Oh, it's it's 11 p.m. on a Friday night party. We're not playing Oasis with all these girls here. Like, what are you doing? Well, no, no, and he would just end up going to like a room by himself and like listening to Oasis. <laughs> well, first of all, 
Thank you. I just, that makes me feel better about my own <laughs> teenage years. Like, he wow. just really liked Oasis. Like, there, was, <laughs> there was some thought I was a nerd, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't a great look. No. No, it didn't. Um, I mean, I liked Oasis. I liked the, what's your, I guess what, it's the one album. I mean, I'm sure there's. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, what's the. Well, glory? then the Gallaghers started fighting each other and they never really made music again. It's, it all started when they, comp- didn't, didn't they, didn't they get in trouble like the Beatles for converting themselves to Jesus in some way? Yeah. Which, by the way, did you see Antonio Brown's statement I yesterday? did. Every line was more bat bleep crazy than the last. You're like, oh my God, where's this going? I just kind of segued uh, that into Antonio Brown easily, but I didn't mean to. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. Because I saw Red Rock was trending yesterday, but I just assumed that, that know, yeah, there was a concert going on. Because didn't South Park doing something there? I mean, that was yesterday, yeah, maybe. I, I actually had, I, I knew a couple people that were there and said it was awesome. Like, they yeah. had the whole big, it was music from South Park, music from... Book of Mormon, music from like Team America yeah. movies. It was pretty cool, apparently. So I, I just kind of assumed, I knew that was coming up. I didn't realize it was yesterday or this week, but I saw, you know, so I figured that's what it was. And then I just happened to run across, the, I think it was even after the show, I finally saw the Antonio Brown statement. I'm like, what the hell is this dude doing? Yeah, it was pretty nuts. A <laughs> couple of local pieces of news I want to get to before we talk about this tie on Evan stuff. One, did you see the, the bomb threat downtown? No, we had a bomb threat? So I had two friends working downtown who both were like, uh, we've been like, cleared out of our offices because there's some suspicious package or something going on down there they end up they find i can't i think it was whs found pictures of what the bomb unit was investigating and it was you laugh now because it ended up being nothing but it was like four like little looks like pieces of pvc pipe and written on them in like marker was bomb one bomb two bomb three bomb four and you know you like I see that, and originally, initially, I'm like, I don't think that those are bombs. If they are, I mean, why are you writing? If, if you don't want to get caught, if you want this to <laughs> yeah, go off, no, why no. are you writing bomb one, bomb two? That leads me to believe that this is somebody just playing a not very funny prank. But I understand why you have to take every precaution you necessary, do, yeah, and yeah. they do, and it ends up being diffused. But like, my, I sent a picture of my buddy who was like being diffused. He was like, "Son of," he's like, are you "Bleeping kidding me!" He's like, "He's like, this is a joke." So it was just like it was just like a piece of pipe that that's all it said on. It was or? like four individually cut pipes that were all kind of like wired together, and on each one it said like bomb one, bomb, bomb two, yeah. bomb three, bomb four. But they were, I mean, I, I guess you, you don't know what's inside the pipe, maybe. Yeah, you have. I mean, you yeah. just you have to take everything seriously these days. That's true. Um, so that was a weird thing that happened, and then I don't know if you've seen this. I'm assuming where, you where, haven't. You said downtown though. Where where particular downtown? It's somewhere on Main Street, I think. I mean, okay. Um, it's been cleared off now. They got the all clear. Everybody's back. Uh, downtown is safe once again. But the other thing that I, I I saw today that is of very no like high note here in in local sports coverage, the Courier Journal went through another round of layoffs because that had a bad quarter. Um, and Tim Sullivan, the I mean, yeah, you, the last guy that you might expect to be laid off from the sports staff has announced that he, he t- put a tweet out there about it two hours ago. Said breaking news. All those Courier Journal subscribers who canceled their subscriptions or claim to have canceled their subscriptions that they didn't actually have on my account, it's now safe to return to the CJ because I have been laid off. Do not ask for whom the bell tolls, etc. That sucks. It I does like suck. See people get laid off whether you like him as a writer or not. And I mean, also, I mean, like, see, I'm indifferent about Tim Sullivan. He doesn't bother me really. Yeah, say what you. I know everybody has an opinion on on Sully. Say what you will about him. He's when you think now. Courage Journal Sports, which back in the day, the day being like 5, 10, 15, 20, however many years ago, uh, up until basically the last four or five years, you know, you could reel off who the people were who wrote for the Courage Journal. You knew yeah. the the opinion givers. You knew the beat writers. You knew who was doing the coverage. Even in more recent years when, you know, hard copies of the newspaper have become fewer and far between, like you still knew when like Greer was doing the beat 
you still, I mean, I know Brett Dawson's doing it right now, but like outside of that, like you can't name Alexis Cubit. I think is the the new person. I mean, we talked about this like a week or so ago. Like yeah, last week where it's like, hard to name people who work for the CJ anymore. I had to ask you who the little beat writer was, and I don't know. Again, in some fairness, she is new. I guess she's she's, only, she's yeah, she's only been doing it for like three or four weeks. Yeah, so she's still kind of new, and she comes in when you come in the off season. It's kind of but you've got. I mean, the CJ is, and all newspapers are. I, but I'm, honestly, you, you put a gun to my head. I don't know if I can. Uh, who would, who did she replace? I can't remember now. For on the Camp Teague. That's right. See, I I've already forgotten that. I I'd already brain farted on that one. But newspapers, every section of a newspaper is supposed to be two parts, right? Reporting and then giving opinions. Like you, you have Yeah, you you have people who want to get their takes out there. Mm-hmm. And Tim Sullivan for the last several years has been really the only major opinion giver in the Courier Journal sports world. And now he's gone and you just have what, like three reporters? And that's that's it. And this is I, I've given this anecdote. I've shared it a number of times in recent years. Like when I first started doing the website stuff, back when you were doing website stuff too, you know, I woke up every morning and I went to two different places. Play fast and loose with that reference. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to give, give you the benefit of the doubt there. I would wake up every morning. I would go to two sites. The first site I would go to every single day was couragejournals.com because if there was something big that I needed to talk about that I knew I needed to give an opinion on, it was going to be on the Courage Journal sports site. And the second, I would go to um, InsideTheVille.com, the message boards, because you know message boards would have the other stuff. There's the other place to go. And now, like I rarely go to message boards. I never go to the Courage Journal homepage. Like it, sometimes, I'll, obviously, I'll read the stories that get shared on Twitter that I yeah, see from the actual writers. Link, yeah. But I don't like it. Just how quickly things have changed. And now, like the Courage, like if I were going to just U of L sites to get news it would be so far down the line and that that sucks and now it's going to be even further down the line and say what you will about tim he's one of the guys that still was willing to push the envelope i think sometimes it was a little bit it got a little bit ridiculous but other times he got stories that nobody else was getting and we we found out things that we wouldn't have found out had it not been for tim and i think you do need and i'm a if you're looking at it this way i'm part of the problem in terms of being like a fan slash media heavy on the parentheses, uh, exclamation points, whatever, <laughs> quotation marks, whatever you want to use. Lay off the exclamation points there, <laughs> Elaine. <laughs> you need, to balance that out, you do need very clear, fair and objective reporters, right? Like, you have to have that opinion there. And you can go to the the, the fan people you want. At some point, though, you need somebody to balance that out, I think. Especially if the fan people are just giving you the sunshine, right? The, yeah, the sunshine and rainbows. Just when someone had no ties to this area. Exactly. Yeah. Which I always feel like I've tried to do a good job of being like. Obviously, I'm going to play things up when things are good because that's how I naturally feel as a fan. Like I, I don't try to embellish anything. I don't try to be overly dramatic when things are bad. I try to like. I, I just. I, I I share quite literally the way that I feel about teams as a fan on the website, on Twitter, on the radio. Like that. That's. I'm giving you my general beliefs. Like when Louisville's doing great, yeah, I'm like f the world. Like we're the best. Like this is the greatest time of my entire life. And when things suck, I'm in a pit of despair. But I'm also like in between trying to give you my honest thoughts on things. Like I feel like I've tried to be honest with my opinions on Scott Satterfield. I want every team at Louisville to do the best, but when they're not, I think you have to call a spade a spade and you have to to be honest and open about it. But every now and then, I'm sure my fandom comes in the way of of clear opinions in both a positive and negative. Maybe I'm too hard on Louisville because I'm trying so hard not to be a fanboy sometimes. And maybe I'm letting my enthusiasm take me in a direction that's overly optimistic at other times. And so when that's with that being the case, I think even for people like me who try to be open and honest as much as possible, you still need that objective, no ties to the program 
type source to balance things out. And also it helps when like, I'm not doing reporting. I'm not going out there. I'm not trying to get stories that aren't out there. Uh, you need people like that. I mean, we needed, you're not running up any stairs. I'm not running upstairs to talk to people. I'm not going to Scott Satterfield's house after he allegedly talks to South Carolina. You need people who are going to do that. And now with Tim being gone, I think you have to find somebody to fill that void. And I'm not sure that the Kerr is going to do that because they, when, when things get hard, their only move for the past, you know, like three decades has been lay people off. Like they, they cut, they, they cut portions out of the paper. They cut jobs away. They cut leadership positions. They don't try to, to really evolve or change in a positive direction. They just cut people out. And so I can't imagine that they're going to hire somebody in, in, who replaces Tim. And it sucks because it does feel like we're heading in a direction where the only media out there is going to be kind of fan driven, PR driven media. I feel like this might be a dumb question. Do they still even do a paper release of the paper. They do. Um, they, they do. But I think that they cut out, what do I want to say? They, they cut out like the Sunday edition or something like that? Or Which they, used to be like the one thing, like most people, right. a lot of times the only thing, people would order Sunday only and get no other. I know that was that was where we went down the, because my grandmother was like avid, like courier until she started getting, you know, worse and worse with her health. So then that's when we ended up going to the Sunday edition and then after her last year or so, we just I just cut getting the paper all together. So look, I, I come from a family where my grand my grandfather won a Pulitzer Prize writing for the Courier Journal. He wrote for the Courier for a number of decades. Was called by um, the, the the Binghams who, who ran the paper at the time, the, the best writer they ever had. My dad wrote for the paper for I think twenty five years. Like mm-hmm. we were a family that got it every morning. The, the paper ran through our blood. Like was a big part of our family. And even after like I moved out of the house and I, you know, when I started living on my own, I did not get a Courier Journal subscription. But even after like I moved out, like eventually my parents cut off the print edition of the paper, and that was something that was, I mean, you never would have thought. Even when internet reporting started becoming more of a thing, and less and less people were getting the, the, the you know, the, the the print edition of the paper that you could hold in your hands, I always would have thought that my parents would have, and, and people like my parents would have kept going. But it got to a point where it's like it's just not worth it. I'm trying to think, I guess. I'm trying to remember when I kind of ended more of my pay. I think we oh, and that was probably one of the last few hanging on to with the newspaper because I loved getting the newspaper and I brought to school every I day mean, in I, high school. I was a huge fan. I loved getting the. I mean, I would read the sports section from start from front to pay front to back, memorizing everything and going through like the all that good stuff. Um, I want to say probably oh five maybe oh six is about when I probably stopped getting newspapers on a regular basis. Because even then, still, I would like. I remember I, where I lived over. Uh, there was at that t- one time I was living on like on Shovel Road, and I would just get like on my day off. I'd just go grab and I'd walk down to Walgreens, grab a newspaper, get a pack of cigarettes, maybe go over to the Chinese restaurant, sit down, and eat some lunch, and just read the read, read the sports section yeah. the, for for an hour or so. I mean, I, I think I've said like I would bring, I'd grab the sports page every morning when I got up before I went to school, yeah. and then I would read it during like, but when they we had like a little TV show before first period that was like kids doing news and whatever and i would read it during that and then I, if i hadn't read something else i'd read it during my resource period which is supposed to be like your, your study hall well that's what you're doing you're studying though yeah like i would just i've read the sports section pretty much from like cover to cover yep. and i like i'll never forget like the the feeling of i know there's a story that i've told before we beat my senior year we beat prp in baseball like we were like number two in the state they were number one and it was like a late night game went to extra innings and the, like i opened up the paper and we were on the very front page of the paper and like the second or third paragraph, like my name was in there. It was like in the last inning, like Eric Wanning singled a big, big week for Wanning. I mentioned him twice in the show, uh, kissing Fred, telling Fred to kiss his ass. And now in the paper, it was like Wanning singled in Mike Rutherford. And I'm like, no, those two are connected, by the way. It, yeah. It, it wasn't in the paper. for It was not in the paper that. for that. But yeah. <laughs> like, I remember reading that when I got to school and being like, 
everybody across the city who's reading local news is like seeing my name on the front of the paper, like above the fold. Like that's incredible. Of course, by the way, the next line, it said Rutherford reached base on an error. <laughs> the batter before I'm like, we didn't need to include that. You could have just, uh, who knows how I got on base. It could have been a, a smash double. Why don't you just like, leave me alone. It's like the jerk for a second. Like the uh, Steve Martin, the jerk. He's like, I'm in print. I'm somebody. <laughs> that's how it felt. Uh, stay away from these kids. I scored. Who cares about how I got on base? Do you remember? I can't remember if he was still doing, if John Monk was still doing it. By the way, speaking of John, uh, his daughter, Brittany, happy birthday to her today. Happy birthday, Brittany. Uh, I forget how old she is, but it's, it's, anything over 21 makes me feel older. So, you know. That's fine. Um, like he used to, when, at St. Matthews, he used to put the scores in the uh, newspaper. Oh, I remember. And he would, you know, you know, have the score sheet, it would have the score, and it would just say like the leading score from each team. I don't know, was he still doing that when you, because, because when I was a kid, that was like... The, it was the you, neighborhood you, section for you, me. Yes, it, and it was. It was on Wednesdays. Yeah. I, like, looked forward to it every single week because even if I knew I wasn't going to be in there, like, I would want to see, like, my friends. I would want to yeah. see the scores. I would want to see all that stuff. Like, when we when I was playing and, and everybody on my team and all my friends, we were like, like, that was, like, we wanted to win, and we did. We went undefeated back-to-back years in St. Matthews. Nice. Uh, but we, there was more importantly is just, like, your individual. We want to individually stats because we want to see our names in the paper. I mean, there would always that be a the point. the coolest thing to do. I mean, as it, much as I was a team first kid, there would be a point in my mind where if I I get like eight points and I'll, I'll be thinking about like whoever else like had you know they score and I'm like, you're I'm like, I feel like I'm getting the paper. Yeah. I feel like, like like that. I think that shot right there got me. I would definitely remember, like like when I would play when we would get to the All Stars in Little League. Because those were printed in the sports section, like the box scores portion of the sports mm-hmm. section. Every game was talking about baseball. Baseball, too. yeah. yeah. And like if I hit a double, I'm like rounded first. I'm like I'm in the paper, baby. I'm in the I'm in the paper. <laughs> I know. And like it was a big deal. And like nowadays, kids are just like they worry about their you know, the videos and their recruiting profiles when they're seven years old and stuff. It's just it's so different. I mean, and is that? Is, I, I know we sound old, but that was it was a big deal back in the time. I mean, back we, in the day. We I, and maybe not. We I shouldn't say we, but uh, I especially. You know, we you're just older gender in our generation. Kind of will mock like the. The younger kids were always wanting everything online to be liked and seen, and yet, I mean, but isn't us being in the paper kind of our version of that? Oh, it was absolutely. Yeah, I mean, every kid wants a little bit of notoriety now. That the days they just have different ways of going about it, and I think probably more dangerous ways of going about getting it. Very more, yeah, yeah. If you can trust me, there's, I've never, I would be willing to bet there's no one with the newspaper still with my name in it from a St. Matthews basketball game. The only thing that was dangerous about me being in the newspaper was one time I was the winning pitcher in a little league game, and they said spell by name. Mike Weatherford, W-E-A-T-H, and my dad, who was very, did not end his time with the Courier Journal on good terms. Because of this? No, 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 no. This was <laughs> a few years before. Okay. He didn't like the direction the, the paper was going. He was mad about a lot of things. Um, so he calls, and he's like, Weatherford. He's like, it's Weatherford. He's like, this is why nobody reads you. Like, all this stuff. I was like, it's not that big of a deal, Dad. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure people who knew me, like, knew who it was. Like, it was it was fine. So, uh, meanwhile, somewhere in uh, somewhere in East, uh, South End, Louisville, Mike Weatherford. It's like, 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 yes. Yes. This is my it's like, moment. It's like the highlight of his life. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I was... It's a bummer to see Tim go for you know it personal is. reasons. You hate to. I, I don't. I never want to see anybody lose their job, even if they're not my favorite person in the world. Which I am not saying about Tim, but you never want to see anybody lose their job because you know how bad that sucks. Having gone through a layoff, I, I know firsthand how much that sucks. And secondly, it's just further proof of, and I hate saying this, like the Courier Journal just fading more and more into obscurity until it's just yeah. kind of gone. And it was just such a. Even when it was, even though like you and I probably well, weren't around for its quote unquote that, heyday. It's all newspapers though. It's not just it, that. it is, but like like locally, we're in uh, sort of a. There was a point in time, and this tidbit got tossed around 
I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I was growing up about, you know, the Courier Journal back in this day was viewed as the fourth best paper in America, the third best paper in America. It was, you know, the Post, the Times, and the the Courier Journal and the Louisville Times, and it was just like it was Louisville a. Times. I was, the other, I was going to ask you. My dad wrote for the Times for a little bit. Of I t- couldn't remember the other one was. I have a Louisville Times T-shirt that I still, I think I stole from him when I was like 16 that I still have. Um, probably still wear it. <laughs> one of the things that he has in that basement where he has Glenville and stuff is they played a Louisville Times versus Courier Journal basketball game and my dad played basketball in college he was real good and his team he played for the times at that time and they beat the cj i think 44 to 40 and he has this little plaque and he scored 40 of his team's 44 points <laughs> but it was always in his basement i always asked Did him he get about his name it in the paper uh, i think he, I, don't, I think he got the plaque i think that was the the give and the take there but i, I think i told i think i've told you this before because tim so two things i always think about tim so one when he got hired he put his cell phone number out on twitter it was not great <laughs> and two when he got hired, it was it just made me laugh because I had actually got to I had Tim Sullivan not once but twice on John Renshaw's show my first year ever working in radio when he was covering the Padres in San Diego as a as a guest to talk about the Padres and then you know ironically several years later he comes back here in Louisville I'm like hey I remember that guy he's I liked him when we had him on then he was always nice yeah he, I mean I, I interact with Tim very rarely but when he when I did he was always very nice to me. Um, so I never met him. I sad just, to see him. Go. I always just did the two interviews with him. And I, the weird thing is, I never once scheduled him for an interview when he was actually writing in Louisville. But but twice when he was covering the Padres. It's just a bummer. Right? We need we we need good reporters here. We need good columnists here. We we need good opinion givers here. And hopefully the CJ or somebody can step up and 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 land somebody nationally who can come here. But I mean that seems like probably an ask that's not going to be granted. I guess USA Today's probably with the last maybe most most printed paper is there is, is it even print and they i think they just decided that they're not going to print a like a print edition anymore does anybody print their paper anymore i mean yes you said cj does still lightly do it they though. do um i know lock the only reason i know is because like lachlan mclean still has a paper and he's like talking about reading gil thorpe the other day in the paper i was like they still do gil thorpe <laughs> and the guy who's writing gil thorpe like responded to the mentions he's like, he's like they still do gil thorpe i was <laughs> i was still mad when they took away tank mcnara for him i love tank mcnara yeah well there was a period where they did both of them i guess right i think we've had this we've gone down this rabbit hole before probably too. have all right, let's take a break. When we come back, um, right now the the oh, down big four, Trump news. Louisville's down fourteen nothing. <laughs> what do I mean? What's gonna happen? Should we? I, I tell you what, I'll give you a little bit more time to watch that because I want to get into my tie and Evans take. Yeah. So we'll because I'm about three minutes left in the first quarter. Because though. you haven't actually watched the ECU game, we may save that. It may take up less time than the blackout discussion from last week. Maybe we'll do that at four thirty. Well, well, bigger game. Well, I don't know if it was a bigger game. This was. You gotta be. Do you feel bad for ECU? This was probably one of their biggest games in their school history at this point. It was a, you forget they had a run of, of nice success though. They had won the conference the year before this. Okay, yeah, but I mean, and they'd beaten us on our home field. Well, on our home field, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. At their house, this, we're number 17 in the country coming into this game. It was up there. I mean, we played. Yeah. Like, this was like sort of a, a Southern Miss esque rivalry for a brief period. Um, that kind of went away though. when when we left conferences and they faded into oblivion. Uh, we're going to take a break here, but before we do, remind you guys about our friends over at AirServe. AirServe, they're EMTs for your air conditioning. The thing that sets AirServe apart from other local HVAC companies is they're available 24-7. They always are going to have a technician who's available to come out to your house, whether your air conditioning or heating is breaking down at 2 a.m., 4 a.m., 6 a.m., 5 p.m. Someone's always going to be around. Give them a call when you need them at 502-264-9662. You can also visit their website, airserve.com backslash Louisville. It's spelled A I R E. S-E-R-V.com backslash Louisville. Whether it's too hot, too cold, too dry, or too polluted, AirServe is going to make sure you are comfortable and breathing the highest quality air when you're in your home. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Tie on Evans Fever. 
sweeping not just the Mike Rutherford household, Milk it's sweeping here. the entire city of Louisville. The man's going to win the Heisman. We'll talk about that coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show rolling on here on a Friday on Welcome in. Second hour of Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 961. The Big X. I've... It's kind of like a Branch, right? What? <laughs> it's a little bit dangerous. Not really. <laughs> so we were talking about before the break there about Tim Sullivan, unfortunately, passing along the news that he's been laid off by the Courier Journal today. I just saw this on my timeline, and it's from Tom Crean. The Tom Crean. Georgia coach Tom Crean. Not to Crane. be with the other one. Not the uh, the guy who's if you if you Google search Tom Crean, there's like a famous Alaskan like hiker slash sled dog racer named oh, Tom Crean. Oh yeah, that guy. Always comes up, but not that one. The basketball uh, coach okay. who just tweeted out about uh, a couple hours ago saying, "I'm just reading that Tim Sullivan is out at the Courier Journal, and that's ridiculous. I've read that paper since I got into coaching, and he's an extremely talented and committed writer. I know times are different, but Tim deserves to be read and followed at a high level." Wait a minute. Why is Tom Crean reading the Courage Journal all the time? Why the hell? I mean, first of all, Tim. When did Tim Sullivan join the Courage Journal? I think Crean was already like been in coaching for like twenty years, right? And then, uh, like Sullivan responds and says, "Gee, Tom, thanks a lot. One of the things I've learned in covering sports is that a few of us that few of us get to leave on our own terms, as you certainly understand. I was fortunate to last as long as I have, uh, and have as much fun as I did, and I'm grateful for almost all of it." And Tom Crean responds with, "I read you all the time. I look forward to doing it again." Who knew? Tom Crane was such a Tim Sullivan fan. You you understand. Yeah, yeah Tom, you know I'd like to get fired, don't you, buddy? Probably because Tom Crane helped tank <laughs> Louisville. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for understanding, Tom. Anybody knows what it's like to get laid off with you, buddy. <laughs> Not exactly a glowing exchange, but... <laughs> that's kind of that's how I felt when I heard you say, read that, that comment from Tim. Anybody knows what it feels like to be in my shoes. It's you, Tom. You know how bad this sucks. You've been here multiple times, right? God. <laughs> right. I mean, it's kind of a backhanded compliment. I, guess. I just wasn't expecting to see that today. No, I wasn't. I didn't expect Tom Crean to come out and defend Tim Sullivan like that. I, I wasn't either. But, yeah, I mean, I wasn't. that's what I'm saying. Like I wasn't expecting to see Tom Crean have takes on the Courier-Journal. Who knew Tom Crean was reading the Courier-Journal that liberally, but... <laughs> the man's very, very interested in Louisville act- yeah, athletics. We'll I mean, say that. What was wrong with the newspapers in, in, in Marquette and in Indianapolis? They didn't say nice things about him. Only in 03. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part of 14 until, you know, March. Let's talk a little tie on Evans because if you've been listening to the show for any period of time, ever since this man transferred to Louisville, I've been saying. You've loved him. I've, I've been beating the tie on Evans drum. I've been saying this guy. I hear from folks who are Tennessee fans saying like he was the most talented guy on our team last year. He, If he'd played a full season, he would have put up astronomical numbers. You're going to love him. I watched the highlights. I'm like, this guy just looks different. Um, I've been very excited about this for a long time. Having said that, I also have recognized that there's a loaded backfield at Louisville, including three guys that played relatively 
large amount of time last year, Jalen Mitchell being the most prominent, but also Travion Cooley played a lot last year. And then at the end of the season, Jawar Jordan also got some significant carries as well. So I'm like, you know, you and I have had this talk, and I, and I thought you made a really good point by saying it seems like the safe thing for Scott Satterfield to do is give the starting job to Jalen Mitchell, right? He's the incumbent. He's been the starter for the last couple of years. He's he's solid. He's not going to he's not a home run hitter, but he's going to be a solid 280 hitter, line drive guy, contact, going to get on base. If you were saying if somebody beats him out for that starting job, then it's it's a great thing because it means that guy has to have been spectacular during fall camp. Because you're taking a little bit of a risk if you're Scott Satterfield, and we know that for the most part, Satterfield is kind of a he's a when it comes to stuff like this, he's a conservative type guy. And I, I've said to hell with that. Tyon Evans is the man, starting from day one. If he doesn't start from day one, he's going to earn the starting job by like week three. Yesterday they had the the kickoff dinner. I know our guy Troy Miles went out there. It was apparently a great time. And before the kickoff dinner happened, Satterfield talked to the media for the first time since the start of fall camp, and he answered a, a number of questions. And the second question that he got asked was. You've, you've been going for a couple of weeks now, full practice for, I think, eight days now. Who's standing out? Very first name, he says. Offensively, Tyon Evans has really stood out in camp. Mm. Every day, I feel like he's been making plays. He had a, a, a big, long run on the day that we tackled, you know, right up the middle, which is a big, powerful run for about 60 yards. I think he's really stood out. And I didn't want to say it on the show because it's, it's breaking down, you know, like 26-second clips from practice that they're putting out there. But every time they do one of these like quick hitter highlights from practice, I feel like I'm seeing a clip of Tyon Evans just running over a dude, or Tyon Evans just breaking free and making somebody like break their ankles. And I'm like, they're they're emphasizing Tyon Evans a lot. I don't know if it's by design or if he's just the one making plays, but it feels like he's all over these videos. But I don't want to be reading too much into it. But Satterfield mentioning him before he mentions anybody else, I think to me is no small thing. I think the other thing that if we're talking about reading too much into these these videos and stuff, not one shot of Travion Cooley. I don't know if he's been injured a little bit, if he's hasn't been playing, but I've seen Jawar Jordan out there. I've seen Jalen Mitchell out there. I've seen a lot of Tyon Evans. Cooley, I'm guessing he might be a little bit hampered by something right now, but he has not been on these videos, so I think it's safe he's to on assume. Twitter, is he? I haven't seen it. I haven't checked the likes recently. <laughs> Just curious. Is that right now? I mean, sometimes you gotta, you got to keep an eye on Cooley. He can be... Be a little, a little wildly on that type of thing. Has he blocked me yet? No, he hasn't, hasn't blocked, not blocked me. Um, I wonder if I've been blocked. His most recent tweet, 20, uh, 20 hours ago. Count me out so I can go 10 times harder. I mean, is he unhappy he's not getting playing time in practice? I don't know. He has. He now has. He's liking a lot of UMass football stuff on the account. <laughs> By the way, how did Matt Cross get a waiver again? I said everybody's getting a waiver. I mean, did William bother even, even like applying for him anymore? There is nothing you can tell me, Matt Cross, he can tell you the why he should be giving a second waiver to play immediately. The only guy in the last like five years who hasn't gotten a waiver from the NCAA is poor Tyler Sharp from here who went to NKU. They're like, no, you played 15 seconds for Louisville that one year. You, no waiver. That's a full year. By the way, he's getting married. His bachelor party's this weekend. Props to Tyler Sharp. Big fan of the show, listening right now. If he's listening, why didn't he invite us to the bachelor party? We should have gotten an invite. wonder where it is. Do you know where it is? Um, where is it? Uh, Ryan McMahon's going. He was talking, telling me about it. I can't remember... It's not Vegas, because I was like, Vegas two times in three weeks would be a little bit tough, especially when you're on Donovan Mitchell's, the Donovan Mitchell plan the week before. But he was kind of like, he's like, I'm getting tired. I'm like, you're at that age, man. Like, don't make summer plans, because it's weddings, bachelor parties. That's all you're going to have. I'm glad all my friends are single and the ones that aren't alone. (laughs) But the Ty and Evans thing, this just had, and maybe I'm setting unrealistically high expectations, but. Well, but your expectations. 
this is but see, here's the thing, and Satterfield doesn't know this by, by when he gave this statement, but you, you prefaced this before you even talked about it. You were already just looking for a reason to get overly excited about about Evans. I already and was. I, I mean, you were, but you were you just wanted proof to like back your expectations. Well, here's what to your point about like needing to stand There's out. Nothing wrong with that. To, but... to your point about needing to stand out and be like spectacular. Like the word that Satterfield used to describe Tyon Evans when he was talking about him yesterday was different. Said so he's different. Okay. Like that to me means he stands out above Jawar Jordan. He stands out above Travion Cooley. He stands out above Jalen Mitchell. He does things that those other guys in the backfield who are all very good. He does things that they cannot do. And that's kind of the way that I've been looking at this this running back race going into the season. And it's why I think at the end of the day, whether he starts game one or not, he's going to wind up being your primary back once you get into the heart of the schedule and you're playing your most important games. Uh, Satterfield also had this to say about Evans. He said he's just got a great combination of size and speed, very compact. He's built low to the ground, wide body. Usually when guys are built like that, they're a little slower, but he's got that burst and that's just different. Us coaches, we were watching and it's kind of like he's just different. And that's what it is. There are not many guys that are built like that and can run that fast. For him, it's just a matter of hitting holes in the proper area, making your proper footwork and steps that you need to make, and he's done a good job. Um, he's picked up blitzes pretty well. He's becoming a complete player. So to me, like that's the classic thing that you say about a super talented guy who just needs to get like the mental side of the game down, right? Like he, you gotta get better picking up blitzes. You gotta get better recognizing the holes. Outside of that, like naturally, pure athleticism, pure God-given talent. He's head and shoulders above the other guys that we've got. That's what those comments say to me. Plus, he's the only one on the roster that knows what it's like to beat Kentucky. Well, I mean, you don't have to say those things. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you could have easily just bitten your tongue there, and we would have been fine. We could have moved on, but you're not wrong. He's, he's, guys, it's possible. I've seen it happen. <laughs> I seem like sitting around him in the locker room. Wow. <laughs> hey, Ty Hunt. Tell, tell us again how you beat Kentucky. Gather around, kids. Have a seat. <laughs> Here's the story. The story of how you can how you actually can stuff. Of 47 Will wins in 49 seasons. <laughs> oh man. Are you are, are you are you joining me now on the Tyon Evans hype train? Um, I mean, I was hop aboard. There's all the sorts of room. I mean, I was already kind of there when you look at from from afar when you say okay. He's one of the highest. Ones You've got a guy that, that that was had a his solid year last year. Just you know, injuries cut short, obviously, but you know he had the, the especially the two good games for in Tennessee. You know he's he's got he's got the measurements 220, everything you want to see in you know a next level running back. Supposedly the speeds there, so there there is reasons to get excited. I am looking forward to seeing him on the field in an actual game sort of video stuff. And I guess I could go back and watch the Tennessee stuff, but. Honestly, I, I will take to say this Tennessee's offense was so uh, so explosive last year that you know I, I don't know how much of it was him or the offense that he was in. But but does that make you feel better hearing like Tennessee fans saying like that's our most talented offensive player last year? Yeah, just make me feel yeah. It should. Yeah. I mean, the dude ran for against Missouri, 15 carries, 156 yards. Yeah, Missouri and I think South Carolina. Were the South two Carolina, players. 16 carries, 119 yards. Those were his two big games because that's that's like over half of his total his offense all year. He averaged six and a half yards per carry last year. Yeah, that's good. He yeah. was like ten of them against South Missouri. Now Missouri wasn't yeah, ten a and a half. Great offensive team, but I mean, suck it, Eli. I mean, even against Bama, like seven carries, 30 yards, not bad numbers. No. Four and a half yards per carry. No, I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, we've seen what a good running back can do in, in Satterfield's offense behind a solid offensive line. I mean, look at Hawkins, and this is a, and Hawkins is a guy that's not even an NFL level running back in hindsight now, 
which does still surprise me a little bit. But my bold prediction, and I'm obviously being hyperbolic with the Heisman stuff, but I think Tyon Not Evans really. has an he's he's winning it. I think it's a bobblehead. I think Tyon Evans has an All ACC season and goes to the draft this, after this year. I think he's, I think this season as a Cardinal is his only season as a Cardinal. That's my bold prediction here on August 12th. I can see that. Because for, for all the talk we talk we say about having, you know, multiple backs, running back by committee, that's not Satterfield's bag, really, if you look at it. He does he wants to be a one-back guy. I mean, Hawkins was like, yeah, the man yeah, that I year mean, when, when we were playing at our best under Satterfield. He, now, don't, I mean, you're obviously going to have other guys get carries here and there, you know, but they'll be few and far between. He wants... He wants to be a, a, a workhorse offense with one, a one back. And just last year, we didn't have that because, you know, Mitchell's not that level, I don't think. Maybe hopefully he improves and he will get to that level. I don't think he will, but he can still be a nice change of pace guy. And we, last year was, was left with Cunningham being almost that guy, which is something you don't want to do when, you, when that guy is your quarterback and, you know, could easily be snapped in half because of his size on any next tackle. The other reason why I think that I can see this being Evans' only season at Louisville if he plays well enough, even if he is maybe sort of a borderline guy. He's talked about he just had a son, and he's talked about how— Well, we got nil now, so— yeah, yeah, but he's talked about how his view on football overall has just changed by having a kid. He's like, you know, I, I, it was something that I played because I was good. Like, I, I knew I was good at football. Everybody around me played. Like, it was just something you just did. But I didn't have that much love for it. Um, he's like, now— I'm fully focused on the game. I'm realizing how much I love the sport, and I'm realizing how much I want to be able to provide. I mean, he came from – a lot of these guys claim that they come from very humble upbringings. Like, Tyon Evans comes from a very, very humble upbringing, and he wants to provide – Where's he from exactly? Um, what was the location? Um, sure it's somewhere in South Carolina. I can't okay. remember exactly what the city was, um, but it was like – he does not come from, from me. Hartsville, okay. Um he wants to provide for his family. He wants to provide for his son. I can see him like having a, which could lead him to being more focused this year on not just for the glory of Louisville, but for the glory of Tyon Evans, having that breakout complete season for the first time at the FBS level and turning himself into a bona fide first or second day NFL draft pick. Well, but, here's the thing though, and I don't know what his no money would be, but and 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 the thing is, you're running back though. And in the NFL right now, they're spinning out. Yeah, and you could probably, honestly, you could probably make more money staying one more year at Louisville if you're getting good nil money than you would do your rookie year. Because you're not going in the first round, Ozar. I mean, maybe if he explodes and has like a 2,000 yard season, maybe right, right. he does, but it's probably not likely. I mean, you're not going to see, you know, running backs going in the top 10 are probably a thing that are, are long gone. I mean, your Saquon Barkley will come maybe every so every so often, but very rare nowadays, I think. And mostly your top running backs will at best go at the late of the first round, at, at best, a lot of second, a lot of third. But they're just spitting running backs out. Yeah, I mean, and if you're in that second, third area, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm willing to bet you probably make more on nil at a good in a good nil year, and he would get that here at Louisville. Than you would in that rookie year. Then, then why do that? I mean, well, the question is, do we have any money left around after this 2023 class to give to active players? That's well, if we do. Like, let's let, let's say this hypothetical plays out. Let's say Tyon Evans has an all-conference caliber season where he could theoretically make the jump to the NFL, oh, and he's viewed as like a I don't know round three through round five top prospect. Yeah. But a lot of running backs go in the second, third, and fourth round. Yeah, he he's viewed that way. But he says, 
I can make enough money to come back here. That could be like like a huge deal when it comes to finding a way to bridge that gap between losing Malik Cunningham and the other seniors who are going to be gone after this year's team and oh, bringing yeah. in this high-profile recruiting class that's loaded with talent, but it's probably, you know, most of these guys aren't going to be ready to hop on the field as true freshmen right right away and be great. Like having a, a workhorse like that in the backfield could be a huge deal, especially when it doesn't matter if it's Clarkson or if it's uh, Kaleeb Johnson or whoever it is. You're going to have a new quarterback under center next year. You're going to have a quarterback who needs to get his feet underneath him a little bit um, at the start of the season. Having a you know Heisman caliber running back or an all-conference caliber running back back in the fold would be a huge deal. And, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but that's something that like three years ago you couldn't even talk about because NIL wasn't a thing. But now if you can say, we can give you a comparable amount of money and look, Playing at the college level, you're probably less likely to get hurt than you are playing as a rookie in the NFL. And like this is guaranteed money that you're going to get for being here. Even if you don't play it down. Like you've got these NIL deals, you're gonna get this money, you're good to go. And if you play well enough, you'll be an even higher NFL draft pick next year. Like we can say all those things, whereas three years ago, if he was in this exact same situation, it'd be a no brainer. I'm going whether I get drafted or not. I mean, I don't know how much he could approve. I mean, you're probably, I would think he would go probably in around the same area regardless whether he came back or not. You're probably right. The only exception uh, you could debate well. Why would you want to come back? You could have a lesser season because Louisville will be replacing all your offensive linemen going into 23. NFL's not worried about that. Like, your stats go down. Listen, they, they know you're good. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're not dumb. And they, well, not all of them are, at least. I mean, they, they, if, you're, if you're a guy projected in that third or, fourth, third or fourth round coming out of your junior year, if you even have a down senior year, you're probably still a third or fourth round guy. And I, don't, and, I, and I guarantee those guys that contract in third or fourth round is probably way less than what you can make in a nil. You're, I don't know. It might, be, I, I it can't might be around the same, actually. Your TLDR summary right there, if you've just been listening and you're like, get to the point, it's Ty Evans going to win the Heisman. There, there it is. It's done. Let's take some text here, and then we'll get to the ECU segment after the break. 21 10, man. We're, we're in some trouble. Are we going to. We're in some we're trouble. Gonna, are we going to come back? We're in some trouble. 502 414 1450 is the Thornton's text line. Texture says, Tim always seemed to have an article ready, just tearing us down every time something good is happening. I, yeah, there certainly was like an element to that, but also I think he was trying to do his job. He also, I mean, he would play the contrarian in, in a good way for Louisville sometimes every now and then. I think he always wanted the take that was going to generate conversation and certainly generate clicks. And I mean, do you just want somebody to kiss your ass all day long? Some people do. I, I don't, I don't, but I, I don't either. Me, yeah. <laughs> uh, Texture says, uh, Talking about never being fine with anybody losing their job, I was fine with Chuck Smart losing his job. Well, <laughs> that's why Chuck Smart was still hired. I was gonna say, jokes on you. Yeah, <laughs> I believe Chuck Smart is still officially a UVL employee for like two more years because he got the most ridiculous contract of I all time. I thought he was too. I thought I'd make sure. I was like, wait a second. Texas is time to start uh, the bring CL back to the CJ campaign. Best dressed sports writer in America. I don't. CJ's not coming back to that. CL's not coming back to the Where is, I asked you this last time. He's, he's, is he working with the Athletic or something? Or no, what? he uh, he actually got laid off by the Athletic, too. He's doing... Because he, he went to Seattle. Or no, that was, that was That's Brewer. Jerry Brewer. That was that a was long Brewer, time ago. Yeah, yeah. CL Brown went to ESPN. That's right. North Carolina. Because he's from then, North Carolina, yeah. Because he, he joined... ESPN was trying to do what the Athletic wound up doing, which was hiring like a big rider to cover like just one specific big brand or one specific yeah. big team and CL got hired to cover North Carolina and then yeah. like ESPN was like well we didn't think this through anything think through and they hired like nobody else to do the college stuff so CL ended up going to the athletic and I think he got laid off when they had their big layoffs a couple of years ago and the last time that I talked to him he had launched like his own he's still covering sports in the triangle but I think he's got like his own website like just down there kind of doing he was like, from North Carolina too though I believe right wasn't he yes yes 
Yeah, um, Brewer went back to Seattle because he was from Seattle too, I think. And Jerry Brewer's been killing it ever since then. Is he still with the Seattle newspaper out there? I think he ended up going to like the. What is that? He went to USA Today for a little bit. Nice. He won some like uh, Sports Writer of the Year award a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, I think he now is at the Washington Post. Okay, so he's in the same area. Someone so. can correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, he's. I mean, yeah, he's been jumping from like the biggest papers in America since he left the CJ. Good for him. I liked. I liked him when I was younger as a writer. I did not, but. I mean, I don't really remember. Maybe I mean, just maybe. It, I've heard he's a very nice guy. Hindsight, maybe I'm thinking hindsight because he was like late '90s, wasn't he? He would no, he was. It was when I went to college, so it was like mid 2000s. Was it mid 2000s? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think CL's probably happy doing was what he, he's doing down there. Did he, was CL the one right after him, or was there somebody in between? Well, Brewer was a columnist. CL came in and he was a beat writer. He covered ah, he covered U of L basketball. Okay, okay, okay. He famously had the the uh, Rick Pitino where Pitino like stared him down because he brought he'd written the story about our practice is too hard and quoted Larry O'Bannon saying yeah, well saying like Larry O'Bannon would say like. It was so much easier once I got play, playing professionally outside of Louisville because I could like dunk. Like by the time we got to the season, like all of us had such tired legs we couldn't even dunk from practice. And like, Pacino did not like that, and he like went after CL. Texas Josh Pastner reads Tim Sullivan all the time. <laughs> I can see that. Texas is it nil or nil? I think it's both. Is it both? Yeah. I mean, can't you say both? Yeah. I mean, I I guess I find myself saying nil more than anything, but I think I say nil, but. It's it's very much the. I mean, it's spelled N I L, pronounced nil. I mean, yeah. it's, it's six to one half dozen, really. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's an acronym. Do you want to yeah. spell out the letters or do you want to, you know, say the word? It's fine. It's like saying a- ASAP or ASAP. Now I will I do differ from that opinion when you call it the live ter- the, the golf thing live because that's supposed to be standing for number Roman numeral numbers. But everybody calls it the live. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. By the way, live making moves. People are pissed. <laughs> Cam Smith, what are you doing? <laughs> Texas Blur is so much better than Oasis, just keeping with the rivalry theme. Blur. <laughs> I don't know that name is. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. Now, was that Blur or was that Prodigy? Oh, now, see, now I'm down yeah, myself. I get the two mixed up, too. <laughs> I thought that was Blur. I think you're right, yeah. Woohoo! Yeah, I think that was Blur. That was like their one hit, wasn't it? I got my hat, my, my hat to my outside. Yeah, because it was like called Song, like, two. So yeah, it was yeah, it had a weird name. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, everyone just called it woohoo, <laughs> the woohoo song. The always, the always, woohoo. <laughs> I love how also like in the time of and now what was soon to be a, a one year anniversary of, of us knowing each other, like the two people you've told me about, like you have the friend who's obsessed with Oasis, then your college buddies who are obsessed with Pearl Jam. No, those weren't those weren't buddies. That was just rude. That was those just were the, our neighbors. neighbors okay. I, I still I would consider myself. What would myself, have been better though, waking up to Pearl Jam like that or Oasis? Oasis. <laughs> I don't know, how much how much more could you hear Wonderwall though? <laughs> the Pearl Jam guys. I, I would still consider one of those guys a friend. The other one, I don't I have no idea where he went. Okay. Uh, but they yeah, like they would just play. Like, we didn't know each other like at the time. It was like the first like three weeks of school and like every night I had eight a.m. classes every day and it was like three a.m. and he'd be like. And I was like, "Oh my God, turn it down!" This is like this is like pre. We had headphones back then. <laughs> I know they weren't as like omnipresent, but like we had headphones. There was headphones in the '60s, man. You guys could put headphones on and listen to this crap. Texas, hey Michael, what do you think of Sullivan responding to everyone except you about him being laid off? Why don't he like you? Did he not respond to me? What did you do? I just said this sucks. Like I'm sorry, Tim. He didn't respond to you. Apparently not. Do you want me to see him if I tweet at him and see if he responds to me? Did he respond to everybody besides me? That would be hilarious. I, no. <laughs> I always thought Tim kind of I, I didn't think he had a problem with me. He always followed me on Twitter. Well, it, he is responding to a lot of people. It's <laughs> not me. 
That's okay. He didn't have to. That's fine. <laughs> I think you're a little bothered by this, aren't you? I'm surprised, but no, yeah. I'm not bothered. Kind of hurt, you know. You don't, don't, don't play it off. Don't, act, don't give me. That He's only show. responding like the blue check people. Uh, although I do have a you blue have check. You have a blue check, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just kind of surprised. <laughs> your feelings a little bit. A little bit. A little Tim, bit. Tim, come on, man. What's up with that? It's okay. I mean, if you didn't like me, that's fine. No, I don't have to be liked by all people. To quote Trent from Swingers. I don't like everybody. I don't have to be liked by all people. That's fine. Good movie. Texas Blur Oasis was really a thing. They actually did have a, a big rivalry. How? Oasis was so much bigger than Blur. Yeah. But they're, I guess, both British fans. That's like, that's like Navy versus Notre Dame. Like, there's there's no real rivalry. It's like versus Kentucky last couple of years. Plumley Bro is Texas then. Now, is this supposed to be a thing for us, or we're just an early KRC tag? It's for KRC. I, actually, it, it's into something that I want to get into later, so I won't read it. We can get to that there later. Okay. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into this ECU football game. It was the homework assignment of the week. We're going to play Rewinder. We've been doing this, uh, I was going to say, every Friday all summer, but this is the second Friday we've done it now. Uh, the 2001. I'm, I'm at halftime. I'm at halftime. You're at halftime. The 2001 <laughs> Louisville at East Carolina victory. We watched it. I watched it. Trevor's trying to watch it right now. we got four uh, minutes left. Come on, Dave. We're going third and six. What are we going to do here? We'll share our memories coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Friday here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. I'm liking the Friday music today. Enjoy this collection. Happy Friday to you. Hope your weekend's off to a fantastic start. We got the uh, anniversary weekend this weekend. Not just the show, but the uh, my actual anniversary weekend this weekend. Wedding? Yeah. Eight years coming up. Really? Yeah. Now, ours is on Tuesday? I think Did we start on the 16th, I think? The 16th is, so that's Mary and I's actual anniversary. I think that was our first show last year. So you're, we actually started the show on your actual wedding anniversary? That doesn't sound right, because I feel like I would have remembered that. But I know it was around that time, the first show. I think it is, because I, I was looking, I think, I, I think the other day I was thinking about it coming around, and I was like, I was like, I need to check this up, because I don't want it to be like, hey, do you know it was one year, three days ago? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember. Go look at your tweet. I'm trying to find it. It's pinned at the top of your Because the, the weird thing is, is, no, no, no. That was me announcing that I was coming back to radio. Yeah, but it would say the it would say the first date on there. No, it doesn't. Oh, I thought it did. Uh, the story does. Yeah, it was August sixteenth. Yeah, I was our, say, it's how, that's how I looked it up. Is I clicked on the story. It's our yeah. actual anniversary, which I always forget. Mary and I always both screw it up because it was we were it's August sixteenth, twenty fourteen. And for some reason, we both always think it's August. Like I was talking to Troy, I'm like, our actual anniversary is on Sunday. And I'm like, then I got home that night. I was like, no, it's not. It's it's next Tuesday. Uh, but it, we're doing anniversary stuff this weekend. We planned. I mean, 
That's easy to remember. That's a good way. To, is that why you did the show on that day so you can remember your own exactly. wedding anniversary? Yes, it was perfectly planned out, just like that. <laughs> Big romantic plans this weekend. Then. Well, yeah, we were going to like so we're having a we're doing a um, like a night away from the kids, like just us. We're gonna do dinner. We're gonna go to the originally going to do like massage thing, but that got canceled. And then, so I think we're going to go to that, that Van Gogh interactive thing that I've told you that you would oh, like. Oh, yeah. See, that ends like this weekend or something. Yeah, it ends. Like, I, yeah. I think uh, I think it's just a couple more weeks left. So we're going to do that, then uh, have like a night at the hotel, just kind of take it easy, relax after dinner. But we planned on our babysitter was going to stay overnight with John because we've like, like we've left Virginia for overnight before, but never at somebody else's house. So we were going to have her. She was going to stay with my parents and sleep with my mom because she likes napping in, her, in my mom's bed. She's never even stayed at your parents' house before? No. Okay. I mean, we like not without not, us. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not when we've been gone somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. And so then my mom, you know, they're getting ready. She's she works at a school and they're getting ready for school next week. And she's like, we're doing training. And I just found out the woman that I was with all day yesterday has COVID. Oh. So like, uh, we're like, oh, great, because um, you know you can't. It's not going to show up on a test in the next twenty four. So we're so we we found other. She's going to spend I think the night with um, my sister in law and her, her niece Audrey. So they're going to gonna sleep sleep over over there. John's going cool. to be taken care of by our babysitter, and we'll still make this happen. But, um, of course, best laid plans just get blown up every now, single this, time we try to do Saturday it. Saturday night we're doing this? Saturday night, yeah. It's going to be nice. should well, be nice. Bringing nice out away. the romantic uh, romantic plans. Look at you. Yeah, hoping to like just sleep a lot is my big romantic plan. That's all I care about these sleep. days. Sleep. Can't wait. Yeah, right. going to be a lot of fun. There'll be a lot of sleeping. Yes, there will be. That's, <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I have anything to say about it. That's... that's I'm sick. Like, it makes me depressed to be married. <laughs> it's not. Trust me, it's not marriage. It's the last four months. It's, it's like depressing me, man. Come on. This is this is the life now. All I think about is trying to get to go to sleep. It's you, uh, you, you don't have to give it a location away because I know that you have fans there if you do. But uh, nice hotel or nice hotel. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a good time. Well, no, upper class then. Yeah, nice. we'll see. All right, let's talk about the um, the the rewinder game of the week. This was the, we've had. Fans voting this in the Thornton sex line. The first week they picked the the blackout game, West Virginia, which we talk, it was a lot of fun last week talking about it because we had both actually watched it this week. One of us watched the game. Well, you know, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can defend yourself in a moment. Well, excuse this yeah. week. I wanted to do this one because it was a I won't say obscure selection, but it was a game that I think is not quite as fresh in everybody's collective memory. Even if you were a U of L fan that was of age at that time, it's just. The West Virginia blackout game is one that if you're a fan who's 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, and you're asked, like, the five best Louisville games, like, that's going to be on almost everybody's list. This one is a little bit more niche. It's a little bit more you have to go back and be like, yeah, I kind of remember some things from that. And it was the 2001 Louisville win at East Carolina. This is the year that Louisville won Conference USA. This was sort of the de facto league championship game, and they went on to play in the Liberty Bowl uh, and then beat BYU that year in 2001. So this was... We'll set the stage. We'll do the same thing we did last week. Trevor, where in life were you during this this game? 2001, November, Louisville football, riding high, number 19 in the country, 9-1 and one at this point in the season. Uh, well, kind of similar to the way you described, riding high. Um, I was, <laughs> it was November of 01, uh, I was working at Cardboard Heroes. Uh, I, was, I was over 21 at that point. I turned 21 in April of that year, so... Uh, I would be going to that bowl game against BYU uh, down the road eventually again. My like my, my third game going to Memphis or whatever. Been I've been to all the uh, Liberty Bowl games for Louisville. Um, I was living on Hurstburn at the time. Uh, I was dating. Well, I won't throw her name out there. Begin with an S. And Sally. <laughs> close. Um, 
Yeah, that was a good time. It was a good good time to be Trevor at that time. Okay. I was you know, a little thinner. I could probably pole vault. Uh, still couldn't be hypnotized, but I could probably get a little bit more of a pole vault going on. You know, I was I was I was wearing some 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 just two X shirts, a little, little thinner, a little more exercise, a little more ability to go up and down the court, and I was a good place in life. Enjoy, enjoying Louisville football is at what was a very uh, fun time, by the way, in the early two thousands, I think. Okay. I was see I wasn't as free as you. This isn't like last week where I was like I was a senior in college and you're like I was a freshman in college. <laughs> <laughs> I was. That was funny though. <laughs> in November, so this is Thanksgiving week. November, I guess it's the week before Thanksgiving. Um, no, take it back. Yeah, the week before Thanksgiving, November fifteenth, two thousand one. I was a junior in high school, and like th- these are the two years, like this season and I think senior year of high school. These are the ones where like I remember some individual games. But because, like, I mean, you know how high school is. Like, you, there's so much going on. You have, like, I'm, I'm trying to balance school and activities and having, like, a social life. I probably wasn't as locked into Louisville football as I was, like, even when I got to college and then certainly beyond there. I have, like, no firm memories of watching this game. Really? Because I feel like... Some I, stuff came back to me. But, like, I can't... I couldn't... Some stuff came back to me when I started watching it about individual plays and, like, how the game played out. But I, I couldn't tell you, like, where I was. I'm sure I watched it like at home with my dad, yeah. but like I couldn't tell you like what was going on that week or like what how I reacted to this. Like I've got no memories of sitting down and watching this game. I mean, maybe I had something going on and I had to watch it on delay, but this was, it was just like I, I just it's a blank spot for me. No, I, I mean that's, that's understandable because like you said, you were junior in high school. That like you're a junior senior high school, even since you're sophomore. That can be kind of a, like a Marina Triangle of sports. For, you have, yeah, you have all so much stuff going on. You've got yeah, you're in the middle of your adolescence. Like you're not focusing on sports. You're focusing on like getting a buzz and getting 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 the second. And day. like yourself, like you're the star yeah, athlete like, in your own world, yeah, right? Yeah, you just yeah, you're trying to do so many things. And I'm I'm with you. Like that was that was kind of like the '94 '95 season for me, roughly the, the early the or kind of mid '90s, right there. Even though I remember some because I was a nerd and didn't go have a social life, so I do remember a lot of it, but. There was like, yeah, that moment. Like, I, I was never forget going out the uh, the '96 Final Four or '97 Final Four. Like, it's weird to say that any other time, you know, to say I was going to be out and about not doing anything. But I just remember watching that game at these girls' houses that me and my buddy were trying to hook up with, <laughs> and like, it was like a, it was a big rainstorm. We had like these beers in our trunk and yada yada yada. Uh, did get a little bit, but not this. That's a story for another day. And it's not. <laughs> it's not on the show. <laughs> Scored better than Bobby Jackson did, I'll tell you that much. Um, so yeah, I, I get where you're where you're at. That's a weird spot. This is a weird spot for me. I'm already 21. I'm living on my own. You know, I'm I'm more, I was probably working two jobs with Carbo Heroes. I don't remember where else I was at that point, but I know I probably was. And like I was wrapped around Louisville sports. I was back to being like is my my schedule is built around what what day Louisville and what time Louisville's playing uh-huh. in whatever sport. So this is because that's the year at Kentucky when the, we blew them out. I remember I got that was I think I got beat up at that game. Nice because that was that was that was the game that I, I I I and it still stands to this day. Say what you want. I named I christened it John L. Smith Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Well done because we blew them out and I was like it's ours. This is our our field now. I started walking around saying this is our summer home. We just rent it to you in the fall. Great. <laughs> Start throwing bottles at me. That's 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 great. Um. So this is the season after Louisville had won Conference USA for the first time the year before and lost to Colorado State in the Liberty Bowl. So they're trying to get back to the Liberty Bowl. They're trying to win the USA in back-to-back seasons. They go into this game. They're 9-1 and overall. Um, they're undefeated in conference play. Their only loss was a 
fairly lopsided loss at Illinois at the end of September. So they are, I think, 5-0 and in conference play. East Carolina is 5-1 and in conference play at this point in time. So Louisville knows that if they win this game, they win at least a share of the CUSA title. I think Cincinnati was also a game behind. And there's a lot on the line. This is the, the only team the year before that had knocked Louisville off. It had been a game uh, at Cardinal Stadium where Louisville had been up, and ECU had made a big late comeback and won 28-25, and Louisville ended up going 6-1 uh, and one in CUSA. Still finished a game ahead of ECU in the final standings, but this was de- very much a revenge game, and this is that brief moment in time where you know, Southern Miss had... Southern Miss was still good, and they still very much existed as a as a primary rival, but ECU was kind of creeping up as like this secondary type rival that yeah. was like they you know these three teams along with Cincinnati to a lesser extent were running Conference USA. These were the ones you were going to have to go through, and they also had at this point in time like a very rabid fan base. That's the other thing that I remember. Like they were everywhere. Their games felt very hostile. Even in basketball, it was a small arena. Um, but this was you can see, and I know you watched it on mute in the background, like. The, oh yeah, they're they're going insane. Yeah. The stadium is is, is nuts. Like the, the Corso Herb Street, which is also bizarre in hindsight to be talking about Corso and Herb Street calling a conference USA game between Louisville and East Carolina when you know the best team is ranked 19th and the other team is unranked. But they're there. It's another Thursday night game, and when they do the you know they're trying to do their intros, and you can hardly hear them talk because the stadium is so loud. Like ECU fans were nuts, and this was very much a game that they wanted to have, and that's apparent from like the jump. Like they're 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 crazy. Like real quick, I don't, don't want those that they're the Illinois team we lost to end up going to Sugar Bowl. By the way, yeah, they were good. They were ten and two, so it wasn't like yeah the horrible loss. Yeah, and this was the beginning of an ECU with with the Gerard era that led into like you know the the, the Leftwich era. And yeah, this was this was his last season. Was it his last season? This okay. was his senior year. I, that was his junior. Okay, he'd been starting for four years. Yeah, so I mean it was I mean yeah they were it was a nice little run for ECU even after this. Um. I said, well, he went to Marshall. I said, I was gonna say, Byron Leftwich did not play. Went to Marshall, yeah. You're just you're getting your well, round quarterbacks a little well, bit. Confused. No, well, no, I'm getting my my Jaguars quarterbacks because they replaced that. I think it was Leftwich replaced Gerard at quarterback at, at Jacksonville. That sounds right. And and funny thing is, is I remember reading the ticker because I did watch all that blackout game, and that was one of the things going across the ticker was how Jacksonville was benching somebody for David Gerard in that game. <laughs> so the first thing that stands out of this game is they they lead off like they especially Corso, they emphasize the fact that Ragone has played five Conference USA games and has not thrown an interception in any conference no. game so far this year. They're like, they, they drive that home. Like, Corso's like, that gets a whoa and all this stuff. Very first play from scrimmage for Louisville. I don't know what he's looking at. Ragone throws it directly to yeah, an ECU linebacker. I saw that. <laughs> and they also, like, they're very prophetic in this go, game. Go, go, they go, The other go. thing that they bring up right from the jump is the last three weeks, East Carolina has gotten up off to, like, hot starts, like, had big leads on everybody that they've played. And then wound up like holding on for dear life for wins in the final quarter. <clears throat> so they once again get off to a, a very good start. They march right down the field. Garrard, I think, is four for four in the first drive. And speaking of guys that you just, I mean, I remember David Garrard. Maybe it's because he was such a, you know, he played in the NFL for a long time. Now he's still a fixture in, in pro football. I had zero recollection of Leonard Henry, the running back, who was averaging going into this game eight and a half yards per carry. As as I didn't remember him either, and then I, but I saw his name, I saw the stats he was doing because I I did have the close captions on on this at least. Is uh, my boy Zeke Parker returns the t- kickoff for a touchdown that swings the whole second half. One of my favorite players at Louisville. Um, yeah, that's I I, I remember I remember Garbage again. That's it's just the, the age difference showing up right there. Because I do remember him being there. But Leonard, Leonard Henry, I do not. Yeah. I, I could name you one other player off that ECU team other than probably Gerard, though. Yeah. He, 
then it's not shocking that you don't remember an ECU running back from 2001. But when I started seeing the numbers, I'm like, how did I not remember this guy? Like he was he came into this game leading the nation in total yards and yards per carry. He was averaging eight and a half yards every time he touched the ball, which is absurd. And Louisville, spoiler alert, does a fantastic job on him. He has one of his worst games of the season. But Garrard is very good. Garrard marches right down the field. Henry scores from like seven yards out. Then that was Henry's apparently his breakout year. He never had over. He was great. He he was yeah, he got drafted. He, after he was an average running back until that year. That was his blowout year, blow up year. Yeah, he got drafted by the Dolphins in the seventh round. He so Ragone throws the pick. They score very quickly. It's fourteen nothing before mm-hmm. we can even do anything. Oh yeah. And we have this huge like Ragone starts off very shaky in this game. Like the next series, he gets the ball. He misses a a pretty open throw down the field. He short arms Deion Branch. And then he finally gets into a groove on, on drive three. They finally score to, to quiet the crowd. He makes a, a terrific throw to Ronnie Gent, uh, Gent for a touchdown. I also, like, the other thing that, that stood out to me is we always, I think most Louisville fans remember all these running backs in the late 90s, the 2000s. You remember, you know, you, you, you just you reel off the names. I had kind of forgotten about TJ Patterson, who's the starting running back in this game, who until the fourth quarter gets virtually every carry. Then Tony Stallings gets, like, nine carries in a row. But TJ Patterson was not a guy that I really, like, remembered from this period, but he was a classic John L slash early Petrino back, like not overly fast, very large, kind of shifty for his size, but good to get you five and six yards when the you know five and six yards are available for you. I didn't remember TJ Patterson. I didn't either, which is, I mean, I feel bad. I mean, I, I'm, I guess he's just one of the few running backs. John L didn't put at middle linebacker. Now early in this game, Ragone is when he finally gets into his groove, like Louisville is, they're ready to seize command of this game. Like they, they, they weather the early punch, they start coming back, but his dudes cannot catch passes. Like, Zeke Parker is dropping everything. Well, Zeke was, was mo- mostly known for his kick returning. Anyway. He was. He does make a couple big plays later yeah. in the game, but he's n- not just the kick return, but he's he's dropping everything. Tiger Jones, who I forgot was one of my favorite no, players I from this do, era. I remember Tiger Jones. He's seldom used, Tiger drops Jones. a wide-open pass as well. De- even Dion, who has he's the player of the game in this game by far, he drops a pass early on, and you're kind of like, you know, I can see myself watching this in 2001 being like, all these drops are piling up. Like, we're not going to win the game because of these drops. And uh, you feel also feel bad for Dave Ragone because, you know, he's he's doing all he can. This is classic Ragone. God, about Dr. Jerry Punch. How could you forget about the Dr. Side- Jerry Punch? I forgot he'd been the sideline guy, though. It's like, that's crazy. This is, I love how he's the doctor. <laughs> so Louisville falls behind 14-7. They then score on the, the pass to Gent, which is great. I also forgot Nathan Smith, the, the kicker, kicks a field goal to, to make it 14-10. The only other thing that I remember about Nathan Smith is the year, two years after this, my freshman year of college, when we lost to TCU, he hit the crossbar on a game-winning field goal. And I remember I went to take a shower and, like, punched the shower head, and my, like, hand bloodied, and I hate the sight <laughs> of blood, and, like, I almost passed out in the shower. That's the only other thing that I remember about Nathan Smith. Uh, but, but ECU, <laughs> it was bad. That's funny because I broke my foot kicking the, the wall at Commonwealth after uh, Marty Lowe threw the interception in 94 against UK. It was bad. ECU kind of controls the first half despite turning the ball over a little bit and Louisville having all these opportunities that they you know, have ruined by drop passes. They take a 21-13 lead into the break. They're feeling good. David Garrard is playing you know, the, like a fantastic game. It also is mind-blowing that you look now. First of all, they call him like this huge quarterback. He's 6'1", which is not that big. He, was, he looks... I don't know what his extra measurements are, but when you even see him on TV, I know. Now, he looks he big. looks bigger than six one. They keep referring to him as six one, and Ragone's six four. So Ragone's the bigger of the well, two. Is he really six? I always thought he was six six three. I'm just going by what they say oh, during okay, the game because yeah. uh, I watched it with sound, unlike you who are trying to watch it right now. 
pot shot there. So Garrard. No spoiler, by the way, because we're still down two. But like the <laughs> offense that the coach runs, who's by the way his name is Steve Logan, not the Cincinnati basketball player who looked like DMX, the ECU head coach, who I yeah. remember also nothing about. Neither am I. His the, the play calling is ridiculous. Like he still tries to run kind of this old school college offense with David Garrard, who's very clearly a pure like pocket passer. He's running like options with him. He's running like short pitches. Like they're just doing stupid. At one point, they have a third and seven where they take Garrard out of the game and bring in their backup quarterback to run a triple option. I mean, like this is the dumb. And when Garrard finally gets to his final numbers, which I think he throws for, I don't know what the final total is. I've he, got it for you. He threw for 284 and one, one and one. And he ran for 12. So that's all I need. He threw for 284. That was his career high. And this is a man who wind up, wound up being an Wasn't NFL. Really? Yeah, wound up being an NFL quarterback who was playing for a team that was putting up 33 points per game, who'd been a four-year starter at East Carolina. Like, to have, to, to not, I mean, nowadays, when you have that type of skill set and you're playing in an offense that's considered a big-time offense for the time period, like, you throw for, like, 400 yards every other week. And he was not. Like, they're like, this is a new career high for David Garrard at 289, which that also stood out to me as just being bizarre. So, Louisville goes in the half. They're down by eight points. ECU has the momentum. Home crowd's going nuts. Everything flips on the kickoff return to start the second yeah, half. Yeah, boy. Zeke Parker goes 91 yards. Uh, Louisville, you know, they, they don't look at the, the thing. They try to go for two. They don't get it. But they end up being down by two. Then Ragone just kind of takes over. Like Ragone to Dion. Ragone to Dion. Ragone to Dion. Uh, TJ Patterson scores a touchdown. Louisville's in total control of this game. And this is where, like, my misremembering came in. Because I was thinking when they're doing the – when they show the opening montage about ECU being this team that – consistently jumped out to big leads and then had to hold on for dear life afterwards. In my mind, I was thinking they jumped out to this big lead and they held it for most of the second half. And then Louisville got hot and won late. Cause I knew the final score was 39, 34 just based on the video. But I like, like kind of like the blackout game. I totally misremember this. Louisville just dominates the third quarter. ECU can't do anything. Leonard Henry gets shut down. Michael Josiah is in the backfield consistently. He's all over the place. And Louisville actually winds up getting their lead out to 39-21 with like 12 minutes to go in the the, the fourth quarter. I was going to say, I'm at six-minute mark, and it's, they're still down, too. Yeah, they, I mean, Ragone and Branch just end up going nuts together yeah. in the, the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter. And, like, it's pretty much over. And then, like, ECU, to their credit, actually, they're the one. I, I remember it being—I remember there being a late play where ECU could have won. Like, that's the one thing that I—I I remember there being, like, a Hail Mary— and when it's 39-21, I'm like, did, did I misremember that? Like, did, do we do we win going away? Do we get a late first down? ECU does come back. Like, Garrard scores a couple of touchdowns, and they get it to 39-34. Then we have, like, a third and three where we're trying to run clock. We don't pick up the first down, and it's one of those where they get the ball deep in their territory. He throws, like, a 29-yard completion to get to midfield. They take two shots in the end zone, uh, and the Hail Marys fall empty. But, like, I had, I had misremembered the whole – way that played out like we took the the crowd completely out of the game in the third quarter they don't really get back into it at the end and it still feels like kind of desperation but it was very much the opposite of how i remembered the game going like i thought we did kind of nip them late and instead like we're the ones who end up holding on late but well, Ragone, I mean, this is this is a vintage day of Ragone game by the way you barely remembered the game anyway so how would you remember how it went but like, i'm saying like once it started i said <laughs> yeah. going into like i don't have no memories of like watching it but, like once it started i'm like oh yeah i kind of remember this and it turns out i misremembered a lot of that stuff too but this was, if you keep watching, and you're in the good part of the third quarter oh, now. Oh, yeah, we just we, we just took the lead finally. Our first lead of the game, I guess. This is like the Dave Ragone at his best during this junior year where he is like the man. And he goes on, he, he wins the USA Player of the Year this year. And his play is the, 
like the biggest reason why the next season we go in with our highest preseason ranking ever when we're number 17. He's got the Heisman buzz. He's got the bobblehead thing going. And it was his play pretty much in this game that really spearheaded that. Because, you know, spoiler, next week we lose to TCU, who always had our number back then. And also because we, we kind of knew we were going to Liberty Bowl regardless. I don't think we played well. And he plays well in the bowl game against BYU. But this is the game where he really is just like, he takes over. He's the superstar. He and Branch form this connection. And he's it's the reason why we have all this hype going into 2002, which unfortunately gets kind of knocked away right off the bat when we lose to Oh, that was Gary Patterson's first full year as head coach. This wait, oh, one? Yeah, he, he coached one game. God, he killed us those first few he years. He coached the bowl game the year before as an interim coach and then took over the net. That was his first year of taking over as a full-time coach. He, I mean, the, those, I guess, five years before we made the move to the Big East, he they just they had our number. He went six and six, ten and two, eleven and two, five and six, eleven and one, twelve, eleven and two. I mean, yeah, he was because the no, next year we're rolling, they beat us bad. They, they yeah. would, and they would not only beat us, they would beat us bad. Yeah, he just he better coach than John L. I mean, when it comes down to it, he beat Bobby the first year too. Yeah. That, that was because that was my freshman year of college was Bobby's first year, and that was um, the game where that's a good coach. Was a good coach. I mean, I don't say I guess I'd say it was because it's past tense, but because it also like that came down to. Like the 03 game was sort of like this one where it was like the de facto conference USA championship. I did game. like because I was watching and I happened to like because I've been switching around on the tabs here here and there, but like one of the moments I did have the tab over with the game and they were doing like they were previewing like BYU coming up like next week or something and talking about how they're 10 and 0 and they're explosive. I'm thinking, yeah, wait till they play us in the Liberty Bowl. Well, the other thing that I, I noticed too when they were previewing games for the upcoming weekend because this is a Thursday night game is Maryland's number nine in the country. I was like, what? 2001? what? I was like, is this a joke? I did see Julius Peppers declared for the draft at one point. There you go. And <laughs> I didn't notice that. Not going to play for Dean Smith <laughs> this year. Not going to play for Dean Smith. He ended the draft. He's good to go. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the the game, also another thing, like we laughed about watching the um, the blackout game and how we got, at least at least I made me for me and a little bit for you, but as much for me, was getting distracted from the game because I was just fascinated reading the ticker. And this is this is going back to... 2001, where you didn't have the ticker. Yeah, you had the. Well, they they have the eight, the 18 and the 58 update. Exactly. Do 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 do, and then it comes on for a short period of time. Yeah, and uh, I mean now, uh, thankfully that we are already at the point where you have the constant scoreboard up. Because uh, I, I love how some people like see videos on 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 social media, like younger people, like, where's the score at? Whoa, whoa. Yeah. You know, like back in the day, you had to wait like till the commercial going to the commercial break to even know it's like. So you would turn a game on, you're like watching the middle, you're like, is this good? Do I care what's going on? Which, Are we by winning? The way, don't you think for rating reasons that'd be smarter to go back to? I mean, yeah, thank you. Somebody leave could, it on longer? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, guess. you would leave it you would stay on there waiting to see what scores. The it. other thing that I noticed too, you could just look it up online, but the other thing that I noticed <laughs> is they have an in game, which is also like a thing of the past. You hear it in the background of the broadcast, like the 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 PA announcer comes over with like an in game score update. I, he says it was some other Carolina. I don't know if it was like South Carolina or whatever had lost to Northwestern. They're like Northwestern 55. And like whoever it is, like East, ECU fans are glad that the result, cause like there's a big cheer and it kind of takes me back to that time, which was like, I feel like it ended around like 2010, 2011, where they would have some scores up at Papa John's Cardinal stadium around, but like they weren't constant. And so like they would come over to the PA and like tell you big scores that affected your game. Like I remember being at the, the U of L Cincinnati rain game. This was, I think Billy Gillespie's, I guess, first season at UK as a basketball coach. This was like November is is early in the season. Cause they were doing updates with the UK Gardner web score. And like, they finally announced it. And this is, this is the height of like 
just crap crack door. Like, like I'm there in the rain. I'm like, why am I doing this? There's like five thousand other people at this game, and they like they finally they announced Maybe. the final score of the uh, of the Gardner Webb game. Either that or it was the VMI game. It was one of those two losses those, those two, years. Yeah, and like the play, and it was easily the loudest cheer of the entire season. It was just like, <laughs> but like nowadays, like they don't do that because everybody sees the score on their phone. Like there's no reason to make those gigantic announcements about score updates. Okay, two things just stuck out to me. One, uh. How did our player just not get thrown out of the game for this? With four minutes, 11 seconds left in the third quarter, who's 82? Do you remember? Was it Michael Josiah? Maybe. He just he just got over. He missed a long ball, and he looked at the... the, the I mean, no, that was J.R. Russell. He looked I, know, like, I know what you're talking about He looked now. at the penalty. He head-butted him. Yeah, that was... J.R. Russell... Did he not get flagged for that? J.R. Russell, who made a habit of this... I, do you remember the, the Liberty Bowl, the 4 Boise State game, where he, like... He fights with Bobby Bashir on the sideline. Like, he yells at him, and they're oh, like... was that the game, so I really don't remember. That's the one I wouldn't mind watching on TV because I was there. We can do that one again. Yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to do that one. But he, like, gets into it, Petrino, and they openly say on the broadcast, like, well, that's the last we'll see of J.R. Russell because he's, like, fighting with... He's, like, being held back. And then he goes in, like, five minutes later. Like, J.R. Russell made a habit of... I mean, this was, and this was his freshman year. I mean, go back and look at this. It's the four eleven mark in the third quarter. Like he, he, I know what you're talking about. He headbutts the guy. By the way, is, if that's Logan in the gray sweatshirt for ECU, what a great. He had, no, he had a, he had a black pull. Oh, okay, overall. okay, that must be another quarter. I was like, I think it was like Jay Peterman over there. Uh, the other thing that I just kind of watching this now, I don't remember this, and and maybe I don't know. When did we give? Did we do this a lot? The the, the Ohio State sticker thing on the helmet. Because I just looked at, at at Peanut and his whole side of his helmet's covered in like little stickers on the side. I honestly didn't even notice it. I, I don't remember he's us doing the, he's that. The either. only one with it. But this was the, this was the period in like football Americana football where like everybody was like I remember in eighth grade we did it like at Holy Trinity. Well, like, and, and, and it was so dumb. Trinity, everybody wanted to do it. A Ohio State's the only one that should do it because they, I just I always think of it with them. But and, I'm looking at like I, mean, I just pulled the game up. Yeah, Ragone didn't have anything on his helmet. No, no one else does. But there's a moment. Where is it at? And I'll, I, if I can, I just saw him like in slow motion and he like, they're showing peanut get up and he's got it like all on the side of his helmet is covered in like that logo. Those, those stickers. Wait, who's peanut? Whitehead. Peanut Whitehead played in like the, the or no, it wasn't Whitehead. Not uh, not, Dwayne White. I'm sorry. Dwayne White. Yeah, 99. Okay. Yeah. 99. Yeah. I'm sorry. Number 99. Dwayne White. He's got like all on the side of his helmet. And I don't remember ever anybody else even wearing it. I don't even remember us doing that before. Dwayne White was a beast. He gets hurt in this game, by the way, early, and they're like, they're like, he's not coming back, and then he ends up coming back, and he he makes a big impact. He's very good. I wish I could find the. the he one. was awesome. They're showing a. Oh wow! I didn't even notice this. I was looking down. They do a game break, Western Kentucky and Kentucky Chris Marcus game. Oh. Did you not see that when you were watching the broadcast? I don't know. I don't remember it. I, I must have just been not looking down when it happened. I'm at the because I rewound now. I'm at the, like the nine minute mark in the third quarter, because I, I was trying to find that moment. And I just saw they did a game break of UK getting beat 35-30 that, to Western Kentucky. That's the uh, is this the game where Patrick Sparks? Yeah, that's where the he ends up transferring. Yeah, 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 Chris Marcus game. Yeah, Texas says uh, going under center third and long will never not be hilarious to watch. We that, that's another thing that stood out to me. We were like never in the shotgun. Ragone's constantly going from like under center, even on obvious passing downs, and it just seems so silly in hindsight. Like you know. Give yourself some room. Start the start the routes earlier. But we, at this point in time, did not do that ever. Texas says, best Trevor quote I've ever heard. I guess he was one of the running backs. John L. didn't move to middle linebacker. <laughs> do you remember he, oh, he would do that he a lot? He would do that a lot. That's because he used to annoy me because people like, why can't our guys tackle? Because they play – okay, go to the one-hour, 40-minute mark, 46 seconds. Okay. And look at that. And look, and look at Dwayne White's helmet. 
One hour, 40-minute mark. 46 seconds. It's the 4.50 game time mark. I'm trying to get... It's kind of hard to control this. Um, Number 99. You'll see his helmet. The entire left side of his helmet is covered in little stickers. I, I think you're... I don't. Uh, this is an offensive play. What you're telling me? 144 or 46? You're looking at the Brian Rich feed. This is his, his version yes. of the game. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'll take your word for it. I don't. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna leave it on it. here and shut you. It's it's third, third quarter, 40, four minute, 50 second mark in the third quarter. They they showed. I believe you. They white coming up to go out, and I'm gonna leave a pause on here because it baffles me. Like, the same texture, by the way, said, "Don't get me started on the, his bandit position either." John, I was definitely good at being sneaky. He always was. <laughs> he did. Yeah. There's no question. Now, normally he would move the high school running backs to to linebacker though. He didn't do like. When they got there. Yeah. But he, he did do that a lot, that bandit position. Texas, whatever Dwayne White wants to put on his helmet, Dwayne White put on it, gets to put on his helmet. Pretty just, much. He was the man. It's not that. It's just, I don't remember ever seeing anyone else ever do it. Was this like a one, I mean, just somebody help me out. Was this like something we did just that year? Did we just do it for Dwayne White? I, I, I don't have an answer for you, Trev. Well, I wish you would. You're just, you're just focused on a singular issue, and I don't think that it's not that important. Not to you, but to me it is. Texas Ragone had a weird release, but dude could throw really hard. Oh, he had a cannon. Yeah. Texas says, uh, Mike, don't forget the best and rowdiest duck pond booth in the land is on full tilt this weekend at St. Joe's Picnic tomorrow. Bring the kiddos up. It is St. Joe's weekend. Make it on out. See our guy Samson over there at the duck booth. All right, let's take a break. We talked over the top of the hour. I want to say I think Ragone, like his offensive line in high school, I think all played in the NFL. Did they? Because I know know that Charles Bentley was his center in high school, he told me. And I think he's like both his tackles end up going NFL too. Texas is the Josh Mingans on the team related to the one that on the team. Uh, yeah, he's his dad on this team. Oh, is it? Yeah, because he makes a bunch of plays, and that I was also awesome online. Yeah, I saw like, that. Yeah. Now we've got his kid. Like that's 21 that's years insane. ago. Doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but it was. Now his kid is playing uh, for Louisville. All right, let's take a break. We talked over the top of the hour. We'll come back. Uh, we'll take some more text on this if people want to talk more about it. We also I want to get into more of the. We haven't talked today about the UK stuff, the fallout, what's going on, so we can get into that. Also, uh, some college basketball news that. It's not great. We'll get into that. Greg Sankey's trying to run things too much. We'll we'll take some shots at him. It's the third hour of the Mike Rutherford Show. It's on the way next, right here on 1450 and 96.1, Check, baby, one, two, three, four. Check, baby, check, baby, one, two, three. Check, baby, check, baby, one, two. Check, baby, check, baby, one, two. It's cool. Trevor, you want to know what's good besides rump shaking? I, I, I was all into this song when it came out. What's good besides rump shaking is being a member of Big X Nation right now. Big X. We are the rump shakers. Big X is rolling. Because we've got, I mentioned this yesterday. Obviously, we've got Louisville sports coming 
to our family of networks coming up here when oh, the season absolutely. starts. We've got games on 970 WGTK. Uh, the first one's going to be the Syracuse game on September 3rd. We're going to have some games on 1450 The Big X as well. I mentioned yesterday, we now, we're now we going to have Trinity games on 970. We're going to have St. X games right here on 1450 The Big X. Also, DJ Walker was upset. He, that was the first he'd heard of it. He's like, oh. my alumni didn't even let me know we were going to be picking up. Well, they like me more than DJ. Anyway. <laughs> We've got... If that wasn't enough, though, the sponsorships. And look, you can talk to our sponsors. You can talk about how much radio, how much radio marketing works. They can give you first-person accounts of what's happened for them when they've come on the Mike Rutherford show, when they've come on KRC, when they've gone Spears on Sports, the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Big X is paying off. And there's a reason why we keep loading up with sponsors, the latest being our friends over at First Bankers Trust. First Bankers Trust, they're aboard right now. Um, if you want to invest in yourself, you need to invest with First Bankers Trust. Yeah. Make the first choice in wealth management with First Bankers Trust. They got you covered with not only investment management, but also comprehensive financial planning and trust and estate services and so much more. Uh, they put trust first. It's why you know, if other banking companies, other financial planners, they're going to put trust third, fourth, fifth. First Bankers Trust, they're putting it first every damn day. Not just in the name. Not just in the name. Not just a clever name. Financial success. It starts with trust. Uh, go to www.mytcbt.bank backslash wealth management. That's their website. We love our friends over at First Bankers Trust. We're very happy they're on board. If you have financial needs, they're your place to go to in the Louisville area. Dave Ragone trusts uh, Dion Branch because that was one hell of a, I mean, he just, I'm telling you, you, now you're in the, the oh, this is the Branch Ragone just oh, taking over. 39-21. We're dominating now. Once again, Trevor just late on his assignment. Like Everyone else is already getting their papers <laughs> back. Trevor's just like now scribbling his final conclusion paragraph. I like how I'm still am noticing stuff you didn't even notice. In the I did not notice the break-in. I, I'm, I don't and know. the helmet thing I showed you at halftime, that, I mean, during the break. Well, I, wouldn't, I didn't notice that period. But it's just so crazy. I still want to know how he's the only one. You're obsessed with this Dwayne White helmet sticker. Because here. I don't remember ever seeing it on anyone else's ever. And I kind of like the fact that Louisville didn't, isn't one of the few schools that you know, fell into the trend of having to put this. Because ECU's got them all over there. By the right? way, if you're just tuning in the show, you have no idea what we're talking about. We Probably were not. recapping the, we. the, well, one of us says. <laughs> we were recapping the ECU 2001 football game. It was our rewinder segment uh, for today's show. I watched it. Trevor did not. No, Trevor's watching it during the show. Because nobody knows what's going on when you're talking about watching the game. They're like, what, what's he talking about? Trevor's watching the game now during the show. He's calling me out. We got it. They listened earlier. They know I didn't get to watch Some it. people are just getting off work, and they're jumping in their cars. And they're like, what? They're even more off the beaten path than usual. Let's take, uh, before we get into this UK stuff, 502-414-1450, a couple of texts uh, that were left over on the Thornton sex line. Texas, I'm just tuning in after catching yesterday's podcast. Not a single mention of the Rewind game, so I completely forgot. Not sure if it got mentioned on Wednesday's show uh, out at the ballpark either. It didn't, which is why I was like... Which is amazing, because if I hadn't even mentioned it at the end of the show yesterday... I would have forgotten. Yeah, you... I, you reminded me after the show was over, like, gotta watch the game. Why did I suddenly become the, the nerd that reminds the teacher of the pop quiz? But so I watched it thinking, <laughs> well, if Trevor reminded me, he's definitely going to watch it. And lo and behold, I get in here and you're like, I watched 15 episodes of Game of Thrones, but I didn't watch it. <laughs> A show you've already seen. I, already, I feel like Field of Dreams, too, for what it's worth. <laughs> Better than the game. Nobody shows up less when the lights are brighter than the Cincinnati Reds. Just like, I'm, I'm like kind of excited to watch the game. I'm liking the the corny, no no pun intended, like pregame stuff with Joey Votto and the team coming out of the corner and like all that stuff. And like Ken Griffey Jr. is tossing with his dad. I'm like, this is great. I'm hyped up. And the game starts. We give up three in the first inning. And the Reds do their classic thing where it's like, here's a bloop single and a walk. And we get two guys on. And then Aquino's going to ground into a double play. It was just, 
such a standard you boring lost, lost four to two right four to two yeah. they ended up scoring two runs late it, it, they never really threatened it was just it was boring and then the the i told you it was going to happen the hologram harry carry saying take me out the ball yeah, game yeah, they go very unnerving as you would expect very weird felt out of place felt wrong they're like a rod's also like like going crazy singing on the field which made it 10 times worse i'm like this is just did it, they, it did was they have just him silly. slur his words a little bit? No, he was. That, that was the other thing. He didn't have a Budweiser in hand. That's like, not. That's not Harry Carey then. That's yeah. not. By the way, they're interviewing the the, the chief executive of the Liberty Bowl. Stop right saying now. what you're watching. Nobody can. Nobody cares. We've moved on now. Stop should, saying what you're watching in the game. Watch it with us. <laughs> Texas says I'm just waiting on uh, for a Phil Rich to make it rain on the side of a helmet. Might be coming soon. <laughs> little umbrella, umbrella stickers. Texas are, Texas, are we not doing DJ Wagner updates anymore? Well, DJ Wagner's not doing anything. Like, yeah. like EYBL's over. His stint with the Team USA is over. We haven't had any... We need one of these recruiting guys to do one of these page click updates, right? These 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 shameless ploys for page views where they're like, I'm hearing that it's now Kentucky 55, Louisville 45, or vice versa. Just like, you know, nobody's hearing anything. Nobody. DJ Wagner's getting ready for school. He's not talking to anybody. Yeah. But just make up one of these updates. Isn't he supposed to have made an announcement by now? Isn't that what we heard? He's going to announce the Peach well, Jam. Well, the guy who reported that, first of all, let's... If I remember right, Peach Jam has come and gone, right? The Jamie Shaw guy was the one who originally said he was definitely going to go to Louisville and a commitment was, quote, imminent. And then three weeks later reported that D.J. Wagner was definitely going to go to Kentucky and he was going to commit at Peach Jam. Neither one of those things happened. But yet yeah. we all, like, we <laughs> talked about it on the radio. Like, I know who Jamie Shaw is because of those two reports. Mission accomplished on his end. But that's how these, that's why we have no D.J. Wagner updates. Nobody's really working anymore. Everybody's just, you know, we've had the end of the summer recruiting period. Now people are just gearing up for the start of school and the start of uh, your practice. And then we'll get into the, all the seasons. While I'm binge watching Game of Thrones, you know, you can hit the, you know, skip, you know, skip stuff, skip the preview, yada, yada, yada. And of course, I, for some reason, they make you watch the, uh, the 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 HBO logo come up before you can hit skip on the intro. Yeah. But before that skip stuff comes up, you still get like ten seconds or about five seconds of the intro. And so every one before I can hit skip skip to intro, I'm going DJ Wagner, DJ yeah. Wagner. How can you not? <laughs> I know you're gonna hate me because I'm getting distracted no. by something in this game. It's fine. Someone just asked Lee if the winner of this game has a chance at actually competing with BYU in the bowl. Well, and I'm like I'm curious what his we answer. do. I'm curious what his answer was. Lee Corso, also at the beginning of the show is like Dion Branch. He's worked his way into potentially being like an NFL type talent. I'm like, yeah, I think he's I think he's gonna do okay at the I, next level. Did, did that surprise you though? He because when he got drafted in the second round, that surprised me, and it surprised me even more that he was as successful as he was. Oh, I was surprised. I think it's because at the time, like five nine receivers were not. Like he was well ahead of his time in terms of that small slot receiver. He was. You're right. I mean, being with Tom Brady didn't you know, hurt. But Texas says, you said that you don't like seeing anyone lose their jobs, but you have to admit you were happy when Dockage got fired from ESPN and Gottlieb getting fired from ESPN and CBS. Dockage, yeah. For sure. I mean, I, I, I will go back on saying, I said earlier I in the show. Be, I wouldn't be feel bad about God. I don't hate Gottlieb like everybody else does. He doesn't. I don't like him, but I, I, I like him more than I like Dockage for sure. Like, yeah, Dockage right. actually like, actively tries to get fired, I feel like. But th- it's a fair point. Earlier in the show, we were talking about Tim Sullivan getting laid off from the Courier Journal, and I was saying, you know, regardless of how you feel about him, you never want to see anybody lose their jobs. I'm never happy to hear anybody got laid off, even if I don't like them, which is not the case with Tim. Um, but it's a fair correction. I, I Dan Dockage is the one like the point oh 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 one percent all that I'm like, yeah, you deserve to lose your job and I don't feel sorry for you. I'm fine with it. Mean person. Just with Dockage. You're just so mean. Like Gottlieb, I don't like Gottlieb, but I still would feel bad if he lost a job. But uh, other people that I don't like, I would feel bad if they lost their job. Dockage like legitimately might be the only person. Just because he's such a just inherently awful human being. 
I feel like this is like my your version of what did you eat a, for me for what you eat a salad. Pretty much, would he's the okay he's the outlier of all outliers. Like, <laughs> but wait a minute, just this last week I said I I I I didn't defend it to a degree, but I was like I was I didn't think it was justified for for Gunny to get fired for it for that, and you were like you know he deserved it. We well, deserved it. I, I, doesn't mean I don't feel bad for him. Oh okay 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 my bad yeah. I, I was I was I was I was confused in the difference. I guess I was, no. I mean, I like I I think that you can feel bad even though you feel they deserve it for sure. But you don't. The only one you don't feel bad for ever is going to be Dockett. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Got to remember that. Okay. Texas says, "Would you rather have the Ville or literally nothing across the chest?" Nothing. I honestly like. I don't like the Ville. It could be done though in a way where I'd be okay with it. If it's it just doesn't need to be so like cartoony. It's I don't know we have to have like the on top and then like Phil just like popping out underneath that's that's what it says to me it's that well, voice that's write? the voice that I hear when I see that imprint the Phil like a version of the voice that got Jerry dumped by his girlfriend hello I sound like the bad elves in like any sort of play the Phil it's like the Phil <laughs> it just doesn't look cool it just it doesn't come off as like the Phil he do sound like an elf it doesn't come off as like you know you're supposed to read it like the Ville. Welcome to the Ville. Welcome Instead, it's like, The Ville! <laughs> Superheroes are flying around here at the Ville. <laughs> like, just put Louisville. <laughs> Sorry. Or nothing. Or nothing. Texas, don't forget we may be getting a four-star linebacker uh, on Sunday. I, I, I did mean to to bring this up. Um, we have the... I, I mentioned, I think after the... was the, well, I'm trying to think of the name of it. was the 502 BBQ, right? I said the one guy that I heard who might actually commit to Louisville over that weekend was Sanquan Clark, the four-star linebacker. They felt very, very good about him. Um, it's now been a couple of weeks since then, so people are kind of like, what's going on? Sanquan Clark announcing his commitment on Sunday. It's going to happen on uh, the YouTube page of 24-7 Sports. He's, again, another very highly touted prospect, four-star linebacker out of the Miami area. He's from that Hialeah high area where um, James Burgess went to high school. He's, I think... I don't know I, I, that name in a while. James Burgess was the man. Yeah, um, oh yeah, I, like I believe he's got six crystal ball predictions uh, that he's going to go to Louisville. By the way, this is the guy who has a scholarship offer from Louisville, was recruited heavily by Mike's, or from Kentucky, I should say, was recruited heavily by Mike Stoops. Uh, also has offers from Auburn, Miami, uh, NC State, to name a few. I'm trying to look at the other ones. Uh, Florida State offered him a scholarship. LSU offered him a scholarship. Nebraska, Penn State, Texas A&M. Again, Losers. big-time recruit that Louisville is getting probably going to get over the weekend. He's the number 318 overall player in this 2023 class, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings, and they have him as the number 25 overall linebacker in this class. So, not a small deal. 6'2", 215 out of Miami Central High School. Uh, he's actually from Miami. I said hi later earlier. He's right in the city of Miami. Would be a big get if it happens on Sunday, and it sounds like things are, are looking promising. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're watching the game. No, actually, I was just I I didn't even know this from last night. I'm just seeing now. There's like a, for some reason it's showing up on my timeline a bunch. I guess the Griffies came out to play catch out of the. I just said that. Well, you said it during the recap, but I wasn't listening to that. I know you weren't. It's like the second day in a row where like I've I said something like not like first earlier in the all, show, but like five all, minutes ago. No, no. First of all, you didn't just say it. You just were talking about a recruit coming out of Florida. So take the I rap. just said it during this so segment. Wrap that up and suck it, okay? Because you did not just say I mean, it. you're using the <laughs> just very little. I would say anything that's hey, happened. You're the one that used the word, not me, buddy. Ten <laughs> minutes ago, I would say I just said that. I think that works. I don't think so. What's the time frame on just? 
this segment, if we're doing a radio show, you should that's remember not, things no, that I've said no, this segment. No, no, Our segment's like 30 minutes. That doesn't count. Good, I mean, that's, How am I supposed to remember 30 minutes? I'm supposed to be the one who has short-term memory impaired. <laughs> we can't both have this. <laughs> I mean... You can't forget something you didn't hear in the first place. <laughs> Second says, it's truly a new era in UofL sports. We've got UK feuding, football recruiting, killing it. Payne won those games, and now Sullivan's no longer crawling around UofL dumpsters. The times they are changing. Who's gonna, somebody's got to replace. We, you always got to have a Sullivan out there, though, right? You gotta, I think so. you got to have a Tipton. you got to have a Sullivan. you got to have somebody. Because otherwise, then you just got just a bunch of kiss asses, and, 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 and you get nothing reported, and... I, we had this conversation earlier. I agree yeah. with you. Now, I'm going to knock on wood before I say this. Let's remember yesterday's show. I said it, it felt like every time that we celebrate something bad happening to somebody else, like the, the UK, the Civil War happening right now, we turn right around like 24 hours later, something terrible happens to us. And it's like the sports gods are like, you can't have the good things happen. Here comes that karma. Has not happened today. Yeah, and we're at 525, so we've already passed news dump time. We're done. We are good. We're feeling good. Now, speaking of the Civil War that is going on in BBN. Okay. We listen. You listened to KRC this morning. I do a little bit on the way in. Okay, I listen. I listened. I heard like the beginning of the conversation. Again, I had to fast forward through the forty-five minutes of a, a seventy-five <laughs> point win in the Bahamas talk. Sorry, TJ. Didn't care that much about the recap there. Calm down, TJ. He's I want to hear about the fighting. It's Radio one hundred and one, buddy. You talk about what's <laughs> <laughs> talk about what's important first. We love you, TJ. Uh, so I didn't listen to the whole thing. I only and, and of course, TJ. They they ranted about it for like the last. From 7:30 on until the rest of the show, I only get to listen to really the first half an hour from 7:38. But I was, <laughs> I did find it amusing that they, their pivot in this whole thing was like where most people are taking sides. They're like, you know, I'm football, I'm basketball. They were kind of taking sides. Or, I felt like they they, they, they gave away their sides at the very beginning. Okay, and hold on, don't spoil it. Okay, now. Uh, I was just gonna say this. Okay, <laughs> I can say it for that term. Like, because like I knew like. I, I kind of thought Roush would be like more pro on the football side because he's a football guy. I knew TJ would be kind of more playing the, you know, Reginald Denny, let's, can't we all just get along type role, which is the other option you have if you're not going to pick one of the two sides. But I didn't, I guess I should have expected this knowing TJ and Nick, but I didn't. Like, I didn't expect the pivot of what, what, who's to blame for this? It's all on Mitch Barnard. <laughs> I did like it. I love, I did not, I just started laughing. So if he hard. just gives Cal what he wants, there's like, nothing, there's nothing to complain it's about. Like, is Cal wrong? Well, he shouldn't have said it. Is Stoops wrong? Well, maybe he took it a little too personal and maybe shouldn't have gone the way he did. But you know who's to blame here? It's all on Mitch. It was like, like the common ground you find so because great. they both give away their positions when they start, like how they, they're talking about it. Cause Roush <laughs> teases the clip and he's like, he, he actually says the phrase like that Calipari gets asked about this and then he just kind of steps in it and, and falls all over himself. And he kind of, this is before TJ's even started talking. And so Roush, I think very clearly at the beginning, you're like, he's team football. This didn't need to be said. Which I knew that going. I right. We that. all kind of expected this. And then TJ starts and he's like, he's like, I didn't realize like they were going to be so soft and like so whining and like the football team, like the football coaches is getting all their panties in a bundle and like banging the floor like babies. And I'm like, ooh, like we very clearly have TJ's like And it's football perspective. We didn't think about it, I think, yesterday as well. Yeah. Yeah. We we didn't look into the maybe they're taking it too oversensitive about it. Maybe, you know And so this is very clearly like a like if we don't want to fight about this, we need to find a common enemy, which is Mitch Barnard. Mitch Barnard. He's like the evil stuffy dean. This is from where, like Animal House. It's like if something's wrong, let's just why let's not fight with the Omegas. Let's fight with the D. It's he. He's the reason why we're on double secret probation. This is like where like 
Democrats and Republicans in the United States, like, we can't we can't find our Mitch Barnhart, right? Like, there's nothing that we can agree upon to hate. Like, even COVID happens, and it's like, you can't call it the China virus. It's China's fault. It's like we're not we have vaccines. We're not taking the vaccines. We're not wearing the mask. We're wearing, or like the Russian war happens. And it's like, well, we don't even like Ukraine. Like, we can't we can't find our own Mitch Barnhart. We need somebody that we can all get together and view as a common enemy. And we haven't found that yet. Yeah, because during the Cold War, we had Russia. We were both. On we always, side. we've yeah. always had something like that that it's worked. Yeah, or been Saddam or whatever. We're in the so 90s. disjointed yeah. now that like you can have somebody coming in and being like, you know, back the blue until they're investigating the guy that I want to be the next president. <laughs> like it's, we can't find a common ground on anything. Who does? Who do we need to make the common enemy for everybody now? We we keep trying. It doesn't work. Somebody, we, we, can't, we, you're, you're right. we need some sort of like like religious figure to come back and be like, I hate you both. Equally, <laughs> you're both making me very disappointed. Then we can be like, "Well, I don't like that." I mean, he, they both hate Bill Maher. I know that. Now we're kind of. <laughs> yeah, they they both sides. I don't got like it. Bill Maher. I do actually. I'm a Bill Maher. Really? But, yeah, I'm a big Bill Maher. Yeah, I love his stand up. And I, I don't watch the show all the time, but I'll catch the clips of it constantly. We gotta find that. We need. Some, I think he's funny. We need some sort of like, dark, like we need Satan to come up and just be like, you know what? <laughs> you both suck. I feel like there'd be a somehow there'd be there some, would. You're right. You're not wrong. <laughs> I want to go to hell. <laughs> You Democrats are snowflakes. You'll just melt down there. <laughs> <laughs> He's just trying to help you. He's just trying to toughen you up. It's a scare tactic. <laughs> <It's> a scare. <laughs> but I, so I did love the... I mean, what a way, great way to find peace amongst your two fighting families. Yeah, they, they found the and common ground. Say, you know, it's, and and as, as we laugh and tease about it and joke, there is some truth to it. I mean, if... Oh, yeah. I, I don't follow Kentucky's, you know... Uh, Academic, not academics, but uh, economics that well enough to know like, but I know that and it's Kentucky. I mean, I know they're not strapped for cash. I mean, come on. I mean, if Louisville's not strapped for cash and we're paying out like lawyers and everything left and right, then then they're okay. The the point out there, like, just give them what they want, man. Come on, Mitch. Why? What did you say? Quit, quit button up your top button and hide like a turtle in your shell and come up and step up and pay the, and get these coaches what they deserve. Stop making it weird, man. And he, you know, and he's got a point. He's one hundred percent right about that. I mean, it's my favorite thing about this feud, which is now like you and I. But we talked about it we briefly at the beginning of the show, and just saying like how this time because we were talking about this yesterday. This was the first time because we had a shortened show where we yeah. kind of got into it. I assumed that by the end of the night, you would have had some some water thrown on the fire. Like you would have had John Calipari coming out and saying something like, you know. I, I love basketball. I probably should have chosen my words better. Clearly, we have a great football program. We have nothing but the most respect for what Mark Stoops and company have done. And then Stoops coming out and saying something similar. And, and you know, even though they both were would be secretly pissed behind the scenes, publicly, this thing would be squashed. And it has not been. Like, this is still raging. And my favorite thing about it is every time you have, like, a few hours where there's nothing really big happening, and you're like, oh, it's kind of simmering down a little bit. Like All of a sudden, you have like Dan Issel busting in like the Kool-Aid man. Oh, UK's that. a basketball school! And then it's just like everybody just going back to their pitchforks and like going at it in the comments section. And it's just, it's incredible theater. I, I can't get enough of this. I need, you could not have, have said it better. I almost wanted to like tweet your, your quote last night. If Stoops had just come back to, to or if oh, Cal had just come back to Stoops' tweet with about, like, I thought we both played in the SEC with, like, a, they supposed to be SEC comment? Like, we're one, we're one more shot across the bow from one of these two behemoths from just, like, full-fledged war. Oh, it'd be like Battle of the Bastards over, like, there's uh, still some simmering. Nicola, is it Nicholson Street or whatever? This is whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. There's still some, like, some burning embers out there. Like, this thing could still explode even further if he, if Cal or Stoops wants to get, wanted to go that way, which I don't think they do. But, like, Cal also, 
he's not backing down. Like, he wants this practice facility. I think he also thinks, like, he's got a good point. Like, if UK football, if they have a whatever season this, this year, nobody nationally is going to be like, oh, what happened to UK? They only went 7-5. and five. Like, this is a shock. Like, people are going to be like, yeah, they're, they're kind of reverting to who they've always been. If UK basketball is like a number 8 seed, number 9 seed again, people are going to be like, UK basketball is done. Like, what, what's going on? This is a total catastrophe. Like, UK is a basketball school. Now, you don't say that when the football team is rolling, or even if they aren't rolling. I, think, I get why they're mad. I think also maybe, it's, and, and, and I think TJ and Nick, I think one of them pointed this out, is that it wasn't as much saying the basketball school thing, but throwing in Alabama and Georgia's names. In yeah, there. and that, that was their so, point. Especially with Georgia being that, you know, that's what Stoops is trying to promote right now. Exactly. And I'm stealing a little bit from KRC's quotes, but, you know, this that's that's that hurdle. You know, we, 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 you know, we have climbed, we've scratched and clawed and climbed our way out from, you know, the Vanderbilt levels of where we of UK was and have gotten to a peak where, you know, they haven't been this high since me and my junior year of high school. Yeah. And they just, and now, you know, the, the last one is Georgia and they want to sell. I mean, that's their selling points. We can be, you know, we're knocking on that door. We're going to break down that barrier. And here is your basketball coach saying, well, they're just a different level than us in so many ways. I, cause I saw Matt Jones saying like, you know, cause again, he's got the football sources, but basketball's kind of mad at him. So he was like, <laughs> the only one, he was like, I've talked to several, several coaches in the football program who are pissed off about this. And the reason why is just what you said. Like, we're recruiting against these guys. Like, we're trying to get over this perception that you are saying that, that we're just a football school. This is a flash in the pan. We're going to go back to being a basketball school. And we've always have been like, when they see that, when they see John Calipari, who is a very prominent figure regardless of what sport you're playing in high school, you know who Coach Cal is. When they see Calipari saying that, like they're going to hear that from the coaches at Auburn, the coaches at Georgia, the coaches at Alabama that they we're trying to already, like we're trying to beat them on the field. Like we're trying to like we're trying to overcome that perception, and you're just torpedoing us, and it does hurt us in recruiting. I I kind of get that. Like I understand that if you're if you've worked so hard to get to this point where like we suddenly are the third, fourth, maybe fifth best team in the SEC. And you're like, well, little old Kentucky, like, hope they win 10 games and go to a bowl game. Not like, I hope they win out and they, they win national titles. Like, it's just, it doesn't need to be said. It should not have been laid out like that. And I understand Mark Stoops' frustration. Now, should Stoops have fired back the way that he did? Maybe not. But I, I kind of, if if Cal's going to be that public with his comments, why should I not I be that public with my own opinions? I mean, Cal didn't put it on. I mean, I guess. I mean, he said it to he wanted it out there. Like, oh, well, of he called. He, he called the the meeting of reporters to like just to get. He talked about this specifically for ten minutes to start yeah, the conversation. He and, wanted this out there. I mean, he was, and that's Cal's way. I mean, he, he's that's kind of more in your face when he wants something, and obviously he wants a practice facility. That's what he's gonna do. Um, I mean, you think if anything he would have liked before that? Because I mean, he made the comment the night before, and then it comes out publicly the next day. So. I mean, if, if till Cal Tucker puts it out there, and I love how people, some people type Cal Tucker. It's like, oh, he's been getting, he's been, yeah, it's like, you, how you, it's what are taking you shots to, left and right. Yeah, it's like, what did I do? Oh, there was like three other reporters there. I'm sorry, I was, I put it out. I mean, what did you want me to just ignore it? Uh, you, you want, you want reporters to be kiss ass kissers and not put stuff out there? I mean, that's what you want. So, I mean, I, I just, I would think maybe before that got publicly out there, maybe he could have. Wisely reached out to Rich. I'm never Rich, Rich Brooks. <laughs> I'm having a flashback over here to Mark Stoops and says like, "Hey, I, you know, I made this. Just ignore it when it comes out." You think that would have been maybe a smart thing to do if you're John Calperry? Maybe. I mean, I 
Because you'd have to. I mean, again. I don't know if that changes. I think Stoops probably even, like, I don't think that changes his feelings. He's like, well, you shouldn't have done that. I'm still going to, like, fire back. Like, it's a, they're both pissed off. Like, there's no question about it. And this is, by the way, Nick Roush, I just saw this tweet from him. He says, oh, Mitch Barnhart is breaking his silence. We'll host a rare press conference tomorrow afternoon after Mark Stoops recaps Kentucky's first scrimmage. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Nick Stoops is like, cooler, cooler heads have prevailed for Stoops. I just love imagining, like, Nick Mingione, like, following all this on his phone at home, just being like, God, I wish I was better. Like, I wish I could find a way to get in this. Like, one tournament in six years, what am I doing? <laughs> I could have had a voice in this thing. I was, I'm more upset that yeah, more coaches didn't chime in. Well, especially like he said, the, 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 we talked about yesterday the, the rifling coach. Why can't we get new facilities? <laughs> but shooting at paper planes and our paper plates and our skeet shooting. Volleyball is like we just want a damn national title. <laughs> yeah, apparently they have no AC in their arena. Texas is five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Texas says if Calipari wanted a new practice facility that badly, he should have just asked Kyle Tucker to float his name in the media for an NBA job that he had no shot at getting. It worked for his past five contract extensions. Yeah, but he's not looking to get more money. He wants money put into the university. He's got a lifelong contract. Yeah, I mean he doesn't need any more contracts. He's good on that. Uh, Texas Mike, did you like this the Ville jersey? Yeah, I, I like the, the one. This is Vic Anderson, I think, from twenty ten. Those were sharp. We okay. we got our asses kicked when we wore them, I think, but th- they looked good. Like it's more the cartoony the vill than it is like the I said the vill like straight across the chest looks fine. The way we have it laid out looks stupid. Texas, if our mascot wasn't a cardinal, what would it be? What like if we were still the Cardinals but didn't have a cardinal mascot like Stanford? No, if we were like if we were something besides the Cardinals, I'd go like alliteration like Louisville Lions or something. I figured it'd be like the Colonels or something. Yeah. I guess. Chicken. Colonel the chickens. The little drumsticks. Maybe something stupid. Finger licking. The Riverman. <laughs> Let me see. If, okay, let's let's switch around. I know we cause we're talking about Kentucky today. What if if Kenny Payne had made the same statement like what the cow did? Would Sat? How would Sat react? Probably the same way. You think he would react on? Wait, is he on? Is he on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, they're both on Twitter. Twitter. Uh would you think he would have snapped back at like Mark Stoops style on Twitter? I don't think I think he would have gone. I don't think he would he have doesn't done. have the same cachet that Stoops has right now, but true. Neither does Kenny Payne. Like he because of the recruiting right now, I mean you can argue that right now Satterfield's in a position of more strength with the fan base than Kenny Payne is. It may not like they may not be accurate. Everything changes once the games start being played. Actually, Dan McDonald might snap back at him more than anybody. I mean, McDonald or Wallace has more. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. they've got the juice more than either one of those guys right now. If they want like the fans to have the, to have their backs, but I can see Wallace basketball school. You damn right, women's basketball school. I honestly, like Satterfield might not say anything. I think the fans would be more upset about that than than anything. Like him coming I out. I don't even know. If Plus, they would because be. like football has been. And I don't get mad at any fans, but like Louisville has, has been closer to being a true dual threat in those two sports for a longer period of time than UK has. Just not recently. Recently, I mean, right now in this moment in time, clearly UK has the better program in both those sports, yeah. and football has been better than Louisville for the last three, four years. But there have been many times over the last what, 25 years or so where like football's been right there as good, if not better, than yeah. than than men's basketball, which hasn't been the case. Like hardly can, at all. You can argue bet. because of our conference, but yeah, there's been mul- multiple times, and I can use the word multiple appropriately because it's been more than t- two or more that Louisville has been in a 
consideration for possibly a national championship. Which that was also the weird thing about watching that 2001 game is they mentioned multiple times that Louisville with a win was going to get to 10 wins for the second time in program history. I was like, damn. Because then we did it, I think, like five the next day, nine years or something. Yeah, I think that was the first time we finished the season ranked since like 92 or something. It was a, it was a lot. When was the first 10 win season before then? And it would have been. With, the what? Fiesta Bowl team, I think, was 10 1 1, weren't they? Or I was thinking they were 9 1, but you might be right, yeah. I think that was the first one. Do you remember, do you remember who was the loss and tie? We tied. I, I, I'm gonna. Have, I don't have this memorized. I'm almost. I'm, I have a guess too. I'll let you guess before I look it up. And I'll we tied uh, San Jose State. That's that's what I thought too. And I think that was the second game of the season. It was I early. I don't remember when, but I think it was San Jose State too. I remember. I I don't know if I know our loss. I thought it was Southern Miss. Let's pull it up. Because I think you're right on the tie. Because that's the one I. I had know it's San Jose State. I just can't yeah. remember if it was the season opener or if it was the second. Because it's such a weird. I mean, it's San Jose State. You're right. That was ten one and one team. By the way. You're, you're right. So San Jose State was the first game of the year. We tied 10 to 10, which is very bizarre. Yeah. And our only loss was at Southern, Southern Miss, Miss, 25 yeah. to 13. And that team did go 10 1 1. That was the first 10 yep. win season in program history. Um, Texas says, Our common enemy as Louisville fans is Chuck Smart. <laughs> kind of is. <laughs> I mean, before him. I mean, was, honestly, it's the NCAA. I mean, Katina was before him, too, right? I mean, they she was a common enemy, right? Yeah, but even then, it's like, who's more to blame? than Like, we all hated Katina and, and Andre McGee, but, like, is it, are the coaches more to blame? Are the players more to blame? Yeah, like, but you can't, you can't, I don't know if Smirk, if you're, <laughs> I want to use this break because it got stuck in my head because TJ kept using it over and over. It made me laugh. Was, he's like, because he was talking about how he, he hates people who are football first or basketball first. He's like, I just want Kentucky first, you know, yeah. can you be a Kentucky. And it, it, I agree with him 100%. There's no reason. You know, you can maybe like one sport better than the other, but you should always root for, you know, the success of your university. Unless you're one of those just total, you know, butt-slapping geek nerds who like, like I like so-and-so in football and so-and-so in basketball. That, those are the worst people in the world. Yeah, those, there's a special ring. And there, there are a lot of them still who have been like, well, I can't change now. I've been a Florida State fan my whole life, but a UK basketball fan my whole life, too. I'm like, that's not how it works. Like, oh, man, you've been a total tool your whole life as well, apparently. There's <laughs> some that like, will come to U of L games and, like, with Florida State stuff on or, like, and they're like, I'm sorry, I've been an FSU football fan. I root for UK in basketball, but I'm like, no, no, no. I, I just don't talk to me, don't entertain me, don't don't even breathe near me. It's why I always say when we have conversations about UK football, when they be like, I'm I'm genuinely happy for my friends and family members who are like true Kentucky football mm-hmm. fans because they haven't had a whole lot to be excited about for the bulk of my life, but still get excited for UK football every fall and still go to the games and still you know watch all the games. And they've been just dreaming of a period of time like the last couple of years. And like I, as much as I want UK to lose every game they ever play, and I prefer these people to all be sad. Like I am genuinely happy that for them as like human beings that they get to experience what all true fans should get to experience a few times. I think you know we might go through a similar thing. It's not even similar. Like I know we're going through a rough patch right now in basketball because of all the NCAA stuff, but we've at least had the feeling of being like what it's like to be at the top of the heap. And we've been close a lot of times besides that in our lifetimes for my friends who are like my age with UK football, like they've never had a a time like this where they've been nationally relevant and they've still stood true. They haven't been like, well, I don't care about football. I'm only a basketball fan or I'm an Alabama football fan, but they've still like been all UK. And like, those are the ones that deserve, I think respect. I got a buddy's. Uh, I'm a Ohio State football fan, Duke basketball fan. I'm I like, yeah, I can't do it. Don't I mean no? Pick pick one of the two. I get if you don't want to be a Duke football fan, that's fine. You don't have to like like the team, but you can't be another fan. Yeah, it just that doesn't fly with me. I, I I just it doesn't compute and it makes no sense and you can't explain it to me logically without making me think less of you. Uh, if you do that, but I mean yeah, but with Kentucky, I mean Kentucky football and Kentucky basketball, you do have. I mean you both have reasons to be angry, I guess, at Mitch, whether it be for practice facilities or lack of alcohol. 
Like the Louisville football team doesn't have anybody really. I mean, who would they be? They don't. They don't have a mutual hatred with anybody with basketball because the smart and the NCAA is all on the basketball side. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anybody. I mean, Tyra uh, Vince before he left. <laughs> and they're not mad at. They're not mad at anybody besides themselves for not winning enough games the last couple of years. Like, you know, and that's that's why this whole feud can be a feud is because UK football is doing stuff they've never done before. Like they're winning 10 games for the first time in our lifetime. And now they've got all this hype going into the season and you've got that. I mean, they kick off in less than, than four weeks now and they're picked second in the, the East division of the SEC for the first time that, you know, that anybody can remember. They're a top 25 team in every poll. They're top 25 in the coaches poll for the first time ever. They have all this positive momentum. And now you've got John Calipari, who's still the biggest figure in UK, probably the biggest sports figure in the state of Kentucky. I think I, I feel safe saying that coming out and saying in no uncertain terms. Yeah, but you're always going to be behind us. You're always going to be second fiddle. Like these, you're these, always going to be my little brother. These programs that you're competing with, they're always going to emphasize more football more than we are here at the University of Kentucky. And that's, I mean, whether he's true or not, doesn't even whether he's right or not, which I think he is, doesn't even matter. It's still just a smack in the face to a program that has accomplished things that people thought for a long time they'd never be able to accomplish and to do it like right before one of the most hyped seasons in program history is just to me at least kind of in poor taste texas says alex jones is reporting that the uk civil war is also a false flag operation <laughs> manufactured to distract southerners from the doj's assault of mar-a-lago <laughs> what happened with that they get raided or something <laughs> why why <laughs> don't tell me you just said it no, just don't tell me you just brought that's this such up. a broad <laughs> question about something that the entire world has been talking about at length for the last three days. Yeah, but I really don't care. Well, I know, but like, why? So why are you asking the question? I'm just, I mean, give me a give me a cliff note version. I'm not giving you a cliff note version of the uh, of the ex president's Mar-a-Lago house being raided and why it was, which is all coming out as we're doing the show. I mean, I, I you can go home and you can you can. I mean, Google. I don't I don't really want to click on it and pay attention to it because it, it's not well, going to go then, anywhere. He's not going to go to jail or anything. Then you don't want to talk about it on air. I mean, but we have no point in talking about it on air. Most of these people are like he's going to prison. Like, no, he's not. You people are delusional. <laughs> Texas says, Mike. So you think football recruiting will be affected uh, because of this? I just don't understand how this would make a kid not pick UK in football. I don't even know what you're talking about. I guess talking about the whole basketball school thing. Say, read that one more time. It says, Mike, so you think football recruiting will be affected because of this? I just thought, oh, he's talking about the UK thing. Yeah, UK, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just telling you what like, – I'm reading verbatim from what Matt Jones tweeted earlier, that he said the yeah. coaching staff thinks they're going to be hurt in recruiting because of this. I mean, I don't know if it'll hurt really. I just think it just – because like you said, it's a, you can't be like, well, it just gives – now it gives recruiters the fuel to say because they were saying that already. They've been they, – now they can maybe point at it as more fuel to it, but I don't know if it'll really hurt too much. I just think it was an insulting thing to say to your coworker. Texas, well, the Alex Jones thing obviously worked to distract Trevor. <laughs> Texas, oh my God. Like that's hard to do. Texas, oh my God, what rock has Trevor been under? Um, the rock? The rock. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> it's not been very comfortable. Texas, Louisville kangaroos. No, we got to go something. No. Like, if we got an NBA team, we'd be the Colonels, right? Yes. Would we, and it'd be Kentucky. Would it be okay? I was to say even they'd have to do the state thing. Yeah. Okay. Even if we play in Louisville, we have to be Kentucky Colonels. Right? They'd, they'd, they'd play in Louisville and it'd be a state thing. Okay. I agree. Texas doesn't Stoops have a better status with fans right now too? Cal lost St. Peter's. LOL. I think. I mean, probably if it's. I think. I mean, if you're asking the average UK fan, 
who they think is more likely to win the next national title, it still has to be Cal, right? Oh, yeah. But, like, UK is not going to win a title in football. Even a diehard UK football fan is going to probably say but that. But that's the expectation in basketball. The expectation, like, like, Stoops is viewed as this overachiever who has taken the program to a place where it's never really gone before, but that place is like an average season for UK basketball. It's just, it, it's different. Like, I, I think that. I think you had a you had a segment of the UK fan base that still is very pissed off at John Calipari for not just losing to St. Peter's, but for the last like six seven years not winning more than one national title. They didn't like the the one and done to begin with. They didn't like the emphasizing the NBA, and they've been looking for an excuse to be mad at him. And that segment of the fan base that has kind of quieted down because he's been killing it on recruiting, and it looks like he's going to have a very good team for the upcoming season. They're you know they got a little bit of you know the, the sharks swimming in the water they sent some blood and they're ready to pounce and that's what happened yesterday is you had a, a reason to jump on john calipari and that portion of the fan base was very excited for that and then i think you also have a portion that just genuinely looks at this and says like, this is a bleepy thing to do to the football program when they're in the midst of the best run ever like if we want mark stoops to stick around here if we want to keep recruiting at this level and the players to you know feel like they're at a big time sec school we can't have quotes like this just circulating around our program from a guy like John Calipari. Do you think Cal didn't realize that it would be insulting? Like he didn't think, like his 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 his, his number one goal in this interview or this statement was to to, to kind of throw, you know, like KRC to get the, the practice facility. Yeah, to throw Mitch under the bus a little bit and say, like, listen, I want this practice facility. Just put pressure on him. Yeah, and because because he backtracked a little bit, when, and I've heard the clip itself. When, when he, because it doesn't read off the same way when he's like, yeah, they can win 10 games, so they win a bowl, yada, yada, yada. But you can tell when you listen, if you listen to it, he backtracks into it going, oh, you know, he right. Kinda, I think he realizes as soon as he says it, he maybe said the wrong thing and he tries to kind of correct himself by throwing in that. I still think, listen to that though, I still minutes, think he says, thing. I still think it's kind of a dismissive thing because he's like, don't get me wrong, like, I hope they, you know, they win, a, they win 10 games and go to bowls or whatever. Yeah. Like, it still feels like it's not. Like he says it as somebody who doesn't believe that they can win, because you would never say that about the basketball team. Like I hope they, you know, win 20 games and they make the Sweet 16. Like you would say, I hope they win every game and win a national title. Like I still think he's. It comes off as like there are different expectations for. Like, that's the ceiling for UK football. Wouldn't it be funny if Stoops replied back, "Go, I wish in 20, uh, in 2000, in 2021, you would have won 10 games and went to a bowl, went to a postseason." Yeah, I mean he kind of did. They, they went nine. They, what would they go nine and wins that year? Nine and 16. Yeah. Texas, I think the issue is that Cal needs to get over himself, which is impossible. That's probably a little bit of First that. of all, he, if he if he ever got over himself, he wouldn't survive at Kentucky. You have to be I think you're right. you have to be an egomaniac and be and think you're and you never are, but feel like you're bigger than the program to be alive. That's why the last two the last two most successful coaches, and no offense to Tubby, were Rick Pitino and Cal, who are two peas in a pod. You have that ego. You gotta have it. Otherwise you're never you're never gonna start. Listen, Tubby, it, it, it took thirty years off Tubby's life. Like, Tubby, Tubby went it in It almost there. ended Billy Gillespie's if life. If you didn't know, Tubby was 19 when he got the job at Kentucky. He looked like he was 72 when he ended. It was, I mean, it was... No, I think you're right, though. You have you to... Have to be, you have to be thinking you're bigger than the program. Even if you're not, you have to feel that way. You have to think that you know everything, too, and these these stupid fans don't. Like, you have to... Yeah. It's, it's a mentality that's going to annoy your fan base when you're not winning enough, which has been the case for, I think, Cal the last few years. But if you don't have it, like you're going to get swept away. Like if, if you start giving into the fans, if you start like being like, maybe they don't know something, maybe you start doubting yourself at all. Mm-hmm. The place is going to swallow you whole. And I think oh, Louisville's the same your... way. Oh, to a, a slightly lesser extent. Slightly lesser. I think because I don't think we have the same amount of people that are as insane as Kentucky has. I, I think Chris, look at what Chris Mack, but I mean, yeah. And he, Chris Mack couldn't do it. Chris Mack was our Billy Gillespie in a way. He came he could here. Not handle it. He thought like he had that kind of like that BDE, like that I I know everything. 
when he got here. He's coming off of taking Xavier to a number one seed, which had never happened before. And I think at the beginning, he definitely had this, I know more than everybody, I'm bigger than the program type mentality. And it worked to a certain extent. And I think everything changed in the COVID season when they didn't make the tournament. Because then all of a sudden, he's changing the offense. He's going up against his basic principles. He's firing two guys he's coached with forever. And right then, I was like, I mean, maybe this works, but it certainly sounds like this is a guy who's rattled and now just trying to give in to what people want him to do. And you, you cannot do that. You stick to your guns and you go down with them if, if that's the case. Yep. You can't change it up and just get – or else Louisville fans are going to sense the weakness and they're going to swallow you whole. And UK is that that way times 50. Like they, they I mean, their fans are just, you know, <laughs> they're ready to swallow you whole if you only go to the Sweet 16 or only go to the Elite Eight when you're rebuilding. Like that's just – it's just the way it is. And I think it ate Chris Mack up. I think he looked like a defeated man when he parted ways with the university. I think Billy Gillespie was the same way. And you know, one thing, two things that helped W obviously lasting the 11 years he did was – a the national national title, title for sure, and B the first six years of that eleven year span was without social media, without really the internet. It helps. Chris Mack was way too online. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I guess social media came around the very end of Tubby's career, but but yeah, the internet in general really hitting its stride in the late in the, in the early two thousands and and so on and so forth. Your message boards and that's when the game changed, and I think that's that that I think helps water t- or hurt Tubby a lot more because again, he's just too nice a guy. Yeah, I, it was I've said it before, like it was. I rooted against UK, but there was a small portion of me that felt bad when he would have like terrible losses because I liked Tubby. Um, yeah, and it's that poor Gillespie down to like the, the, the yeah. rehab. He's still down there. Yeah, he's, he may entail spit that poor guy. Terry says Michael Rappaport might be the celebrity version of Mitch Barnhart. He's universally disliked by everyone, and his podcast has an average one star rating. Oh, wait a minute. Michael Rappaport's hated by everybody? Yeah. Since when? I think since he did all the Barstool stuff and. He, oh, he does Barstool? He did, and then he had a falling out with Barstool, and like, the people who love Barstool hate him because of that, and the people who didn't like him because he was doing the Barstool stuff, which was kind of douchey, they already didn't like him. He's he's not very well liked. I did not realize. I See, I always, I always thought Mike Rappaport, I, well, one, he's he's always the white guy in every black guy's movie. Like, he's like, he was, For a period, he was. Yeah, he was. Oh, the night, oh, he was. He was all over me. I mean, whether it be Remy from uh, Higher Learning or whatever, he always had that. He was always kind of that white guy nerd in the uh, that was that was cool. But I didn't know. I didn't know he hated so much. I don't mind Michael Rappaport. I mean, I don't follow boss. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I've never read Barstool. They don't do it for me. I did see where like the, is it, who's their head guy? What's his name again? Uh, Dave Portnoy. Yeah, I saw he he made some stupid comments about the kid little kids pitching thing. Yeah, he's always doing he, stuff he for, just, for a fact. He's just going for clicks. Yeah, come on, don't even take it personal, guys. He's an idiot. Um. Text says TK can't remember the name of the assistant coaches, but can remember an ESPN bottom line ticket update about a Jacksonville QB getting benched from 20 years ago. Weed is a mysterious drug. Well, no, he was watching the game during the show. First of all, yeah, you have no idea. No, he's talking about how I remember the ticker from watching the the blackout game. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it said Gerard was being benched as the Jaguars. But we watched that, that last week. He, he's not talking about watching the blackout game live. You'd be surprised what my my memory re- retains and what it does. I'm not at this point. Nothing surprises me. Hey, you can say something a half an hour ago and you think it's just happening, but or five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> just happened. Just Is it bad of me, by the way. Seeing that clip doesn't make me tear up like everybody. I think I, don't, I think it's kind of what clip the the, the father son thing with the Griffies. Oh, I don't know. It just it feels like it's too pretentiously trying to. It like, was fine. It's just, I, just, I, just, I just like seeing Griffey. Yeah, it's like they're just trying so hard to, to beat on that. It's I don't man, it's stupid. Get rid of this game. Uh, it, the first one was so perfect the way it happened and ended. And I thought it was pretty. You didn't watch it last night. I thought it ended up. I liked it last night. Getting into it, it was cool. 
Um, they get, I think the praise was was pretty good, but they're not going to do it next year. So you'll be. And happy. they're not playing in the actual field, are they? They're playing in a, like a. Region. It's the one next, like the field next. The actual field was like two. There was no way they could make it. The dimensions work. Didn't they do it in the field last year though? In the original? No, it's the same place they did it last. Oh, okay. I yeah. Stand corrected. Okay. Uh, real quickly, the for the first time in I think like 95 years, the postseason NIT is moving from Madison Square Garden. It's always been played at NIT. Uh, really. And MSG. It's not going to be at MSG anymore, which Brooklyn? makes me a little bit sad. No, it's going to Vegas. Well, damn, it's not, not moving an inch. It's throwing it a mile. Well, it's gonna, but it's going to start doing <laughs> rotating. It's going to go to oh. Vegas in 2023. It's going to be at Hinkle Fieldhouse in Indianapolis in 2024. Can we officially say this is the, if there wasn't, if you didn't already think the NIT was dead to dead, it, it is officially now? Yes, pretty much. I mean, it's, I mean, it's it's been dead for years. Also, we don't have time to talk about this now, but Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, is now openly talking about how he wants the NCAA tournament to expand to 80 teams. Get out of my face. Don't mess with perfection. Stop screwing with stuff Dude. that everybody already universally likes. 80 teams. Get, I. You can I mean, ruin I, all these other aspects of college sports, all you animals out there. Do not mess with March Madness. Don't give me the George Masons and VCU arguments. I don't care. 65 is more than enough because about 15 well, 68 to 68 now. Whatever. You know what? It's still it should be 64. Because you know what? About 20 of those teams probably have no chance and shouldn't have even been in to begin with. It should be 64 teams, but I'm fine with 68. No more. No more expansion. No. It's good. Everybody likes it. Stop screwing with stuff that everybody looks at and says, yeah, I like this. It's cool. Stop screwing with it. That's what we do in sports is when something's successful, we just <sighs> we just double it, double it, double it. Until it dies and we've over saturated it. Can't believe it. I'm saying with the college football. Like I want to go to eight and eight only, but I, I don't understand. Everybody wants to go from four to sixteen or four to twelve. Oh, I would be fine with that. I want eight. I'd be fine with eight, twelve, sixteen. Just more the better. Playoff football is incredible. Uh, we, we well end of the show. There you go. Uh, we've got. Uh, I think the Cardinals started with Jody Demling next. Then we yeah. do have an Iowa Cubs Louisville Bats Friday night game. That's not until eight o'clock. And the games it's the pregame will be at seven thirty eight. Okay. First pitch is 808. Late start tonight. Late start tonight. Go Bats. Take another one from the Cubs. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. Hope you uh, are tuning in Monday. With more football talk coming up next week. Well, real quick before we got the next minute, what are you doing this weekend? I'll, I'll use it. You got the anniversary. Anniversary stuff yeah. going on. That's right. I forgot. Everyone have a fantastic Mike Rutherford anniversary weekend. It's going to be great. Trevor cannot come. Uh, uh, we will see you guys Monday at 3 o'clock. Have a good one. We'll show up anyway. <laughs>